If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded. Yeah, you mean because he killed all our friends? We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. It's not about how much we lost. It's about how much we have left. We're the Avengers. We gotta finish this. You trust me? I do. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. Tickets on sale now. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. In this episode, we are going to be discussing uh, CinemaCon footage that came out for Terminator Dark Fate. We're also going to be talking about CinemaCon footage that came out for Avengers Endgame, as well as the special look trailer, uh, as well as probably some other theories and things like that, because we can't uh, not stop ourselves, can we, Jake? No, no. I, I I believe last week we said we weren't going to talk any more Avengers Endgame, and here we are. Yeah, I did preface it th- with uh, we won't talk about it anymore unless something big happens. And you know what? I guess one minute of footage was big <laughs> enough, right? I mean... Yeah. Well, I don't know. It probably could have been 10 seconds of footage in bonus episode time. Right. So. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, we're recording this first, but you guys don't know that. Yeah, I think they will. I think I'll, I think I will send this out first. So anyway, our guest this week, uh, welcome back, Rebecca. Hello. Good to be back. And you're going to be talking about all this fun stuff with us. And we are also joined by Steve Miller of the Space Boy the Space Boy? I do it every time. I do it every time. The Space Cowboy Podcast. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. Steve, I want you, I'm trying to tell you that I want you to change it to the Space Boy Podcast. Just change the name. That's all I'm doing. See, but the Space Cowboy works so well with my name. I, okay. Like, it flows. I, apparently what flows is Space Boy. <laughs> <laughs> for you for me 
<laughs> I guarantee you, whoever does an actual podcast called Space Boy Podcast is just getting random downloads right now. Like they're like, "Whoa, look at look at this crazy spike in downloads!" <laughs> yeah, why does this happen every three months? <laughs> exactly, dude. Steve, I'm happy to have you back on, and we're going to be talking about all this cool stuff. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, glad to be back. Yeah, uh, let's see here. We are going to be talking about the uh, Terminator Dark Fate CinemaCon footage that came out. And uh, basically, if you're not familiar with what CinemaCon is, it's uh, it's a convention uh, in Las Vegas, and it's all the major studios in there. It's like it's it's a big convention, just like Comic Con, where you know, uh, or C two E two, and where all these instead of like other vendors and artists for like Artist Alley, it's studios that are there and they're presenting their movies and their projects over the next year, year and a half, uh, and so. Uh, studios are just showing a lot of footage, a lot of stuff that we did not get to see because we were not participants there. But they did. I man, I was shocked. They um, they revealed uh, some uh, Terminator Dark Fate footage, and I wanted to talk about. You guys know I'm a huge Terminator fan, so I got to talk oh, about this. Even though, like, I, going into this, I haven't been excited. I mean, I was excited that we're getting we're getting a new director here, Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool, who's taking over this. This is the first movie. Um, James Cameron is involved in as a, as a producer uh, since Terminator 2. The, that, and so, you know, and they're retconning. I mean, uh, everything post-Terminator 2 is gone. It's out of canon. So uh, you're talking about, uh, what was it, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, uh, Salvation, and uh, Genesis, all wiped out. So it's a clean slate. And so now we've got Terminator Dark Fate, which, uh, of course, the title is definitely a nod to uh, Sarah Connor when she carved No Fate onto the wooden table when she was uh, outside of uh, Enrique's house. Um, and then uh, John Connor also told uh, the, eight, uh, the T-800 Arnold Schwarzenegger that, uh, quote, there's no fate but what we make for ourselves. So it's, it's kind, of a, kind of foreboding that this is the uh, dark fate. Like, uh, fate is not, uh, your fate is not set was, you know, the, the hopeful message that there's no fate, and now they're saying it's a dark fate. So um, I don't know. Jake, I, I got, yeah. Jake, Rebecca, Steve, I'll, I start with Jake, but, like, I kind of like want to know what you like, what your thoughts are about the Terminator franchise. And then like, as far as like where you are with this new movie, like what are you, what are your thoughts? And I know, I know that we've, we've, we've talked about it in the past and what our thoughts were in the past, but like maybe after, I don't know how much of this footage you guys heard about, but I kind of like want to gauge where you are with this now. So yeah, I'll start with Jake. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Terminator franchise. Um, I did love the original two movies when I was young. I think Terminator 2 might be the first movie, if not only movie, I've ever seen back-to-back showings of in the theater. Like, me and my cousin just turned around and watched it again. So, But, yeah, since Terminator 2, nothing has really been so amazing. Um, I was... A, I kind of liked Salvation just for some of the, some of the uh, cinematography in it, but story-wise... I wasn't the biggest fan, kind of a big Battlestar Galactica ripoff I always thought going on there. Um, So I think it is a very smart move to kind of pull the trick that Halloween just recently did and just erase all the stuff that no one really cared about, 
don't intimidate people by making them think they have to see a bunch of names so they don't even know you know what order they go in now because they're not numbered you just watch terminator one terminator two and you can go right into this and most likely everyone has already seen those two movies as is so yeah i think this is really smart um linda hamilton being back has got me really excited now um and yeah i've read about the cinemacon footage and i gotta say it it did get me pumped um I, I think I was going to be pretty hard pressed to get excited about a new Terminator movie, but I, I think I kind of am here now. I, you know, with Tim Miller being a, a pretty decent director and Cameron finally back back in this thing. I don't know. Maybe we finally got the right formula. I don't know if I'm stupid or crazy for getting a little bit excited, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to fall for it. Um, and just hearing how emotional Tim Miller got, you know, after showing this footage and the reaction this footage got, was just something that I could really relate to. So, wow. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, for us to see an actual trailer for this movie and see if it'll resonate that way with me. Yeah, like what we're going to be talking about, like the footage that the, that came out, doesn't sound like it's going to be in the trailer. Like it was just like they showed footage and then they just kind of showed like a montage, like a sizzle reel of like things. So the stuff that they showed at CinemaCon, we might not get to see all of that by the time they make a trailer, which is unfortunate because I, um, yeah, I'll, Rebecca, what, uh, Terminator. Did, well, yeah, yeah, Terminator 1 and 2, um, I've seen those movies multiple times, enjoy them both uh, a lot. Um, Terminator 3, I think I saw that movie, although I can't really remember if I did. Um if I did, obviously, it didn't really impact me too much because I don't really remember if I saw it or not. And then I for sure have not seen anything past that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, he- hearing about this new movie and hearing that it's a direct sequel to Terminator 2, certainly for me, that's pretty exciting because I thought Terminator 2 was a really, really incredible sequel to a really great film. Um and yeah, like I I also read about the footage as, as you did, Jake and Tim Miller. I mean, I have to echo a lot of what you're saying. Tim Miller's a great director, and I mean to see Linda Hamilton back in this same role. I'm I am excited. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic because they there have been some stinkers here, but um, yeah, I have to say I am I am getting excited to see a trailer for this movie, and I'm excited that uh, the director is so sort of like gung ho for this project. So yeah, I um yeah I, I kind of feel the same way you do, Jake. Uh, hmm. Steve, um I I'm I'm in like the same boat as Jake. Like I I like the first two not really a fan of anything since then so the idea of them just sort of forgetting everything since then is is really cool for me um the second one was like a really like like important film to my childhood it was one of the first like action movies i ever watched with my uh, grandfather but like having them redo this and do it what seems to be the right way from what i've been reading about the uh the cinemacon footage it sounds like like they're going to be doing it Right, I, I guess. Um, I, I I'm excited for it. I cannot I, I cannot wait to at least see some footage or see a trailer. Um, Terminator, the Terminator franchise is something that I've always gone back to because I want to see it get better, and I feel like we're finally going to get that. And especially with Tim Miller, because like he he was able to bring back Deadpool in the right fashion. I would assume I, I I would I would trust him bringing back 
Terminator in the right fashion too. Yeah, yeah. that's where I'm coming from. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it, this is, like I said, this, this is Tim Miller. Um, I, first off Terminator one and Terminator two are two of my favorite movies. Actually Terminator two is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, not just because of nostalgia. It's something I can revisit uh, two, three times a year and never get bored of that movie. Um, I always feel like I'm seeing something new or getting something new out of it. Um, the action set pieces are the most memorable action set pieces for me in any films. Uh, I think James Cameron was kind of like in his prime back then and changed the way uh, that action and uh, and science fiction and uh, even special effects were blended were, were were put into modern day Hollywood films. He's just uh, just a just a brilliant director. Um, so I am uh, I was very worried about this even after you know the castings. I was like, why are they why are they casting? Um, you know, why is Arnold Schwarzenegger going to be back in this movie? Even though I was excited for Tim Miller and, you know, I was happy that Cameron's coming back. I'm, I, I've just been so burnt by this franchise post-Terminator mm. 2. And it's, it's a hard movie to kind of, like, bounce back from, right? I mean, it's like, it's like being the band that follows Queen. You know what I mean? It's like, how the fuck, you know, it, it, there, there's no way to do it. It's just so I hope – I'm hoping, like, we've seen – with Star Wars, you know, the prequels, which burn a lot of fans out. And, like, I was burnt out by the prequels. I know, Jake, you loved them. But, man, a lot of fans were burnt out in the prequels. I've been burnt out kind of, like, with this, this new, these new Terminator movies, like uh, Rise of the Machines, uh, Salvation. It had moments, but Genesis was absolute garbage. So I've been dying for uh, a good Terminator movie. I just was, like, ready to bury this franchise because I was going to, like, it's never going to happen. So let's not do it. Like, if, if we're going to visit this franchise, let's just do it in graphic novels or, or video games and comic books, and let's just leave Hollywood out of it. And I don't know about you guys. Does it seem – it seems, like, to me that the only reason that this movie's getting made after the last after the last movie that was just a bomb – is, be- is, is because James Cameron's got his name in this one, right? I mean, it feels like James Cameron single-handedly is, like, putting this franchise on life support right now in Hollywood. I don't know if, like, Paramount was, like, itching to make another, you know, Terminator movie here. <laughs> I, You know? I, I can't even argue with you on this one, Brian. I got to imagine that Paramount wants nothing to fucking do with this without Cameron involved, like how much money they invested into Genesis, which did, you know, completely underperformed, whether you liked it or not, it wasn't a box office smash by any means. Yeah. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I have to assume that Cameron's name is what moved the wire here. Yeah. I mean, it it just has to be, I mean, James Cameron definitely has a lot of love for this movie. I mean, this is, this is like his baby, right? These characters are his babies. And to him, for him to be involved in this again so personally, um, yeah, that th- has to be the reason why uh, they even agreed to make it. I-, I can't imagine them doing it if he wasn't involved. I-, I think it's the biggest reason Linda Hamilton's back, too. He- oh, yeah, 100% agree on that one. Cameron was the reason. Okay, Cameron reinvented her character in, in T2. And so... I mean, Jake, it's funny how you bring up the Halloween comparison. And it, it, and it totally was. Like, Halloween, from Halloween 1, she was the damsel in distress. I, I, you know what I mean? And then 
mm-hmm. by the second one, she's the badass. And that's the way the Terminator series started out. So it's like, you know, in the first one, she was a waitress. And basically, Kyle Reese was like that guy that was helping her through this. We saw her get stronger in that movie, but she was still, you know, she was still soft. And here's the thing. By the second movie, completely erased all that, like, softness. I mean, she was a badass in that movie. Just incredible. I think she's one. Honestly, in retrospect, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think one of the biggest reasons further movies past two didn't work is because you lost kind of, you know, the human connection to her. Yeah. Right. It's kind of yeah. it proved that what really drew us in was more than just the sci fi and, and the Terminators and the explosions. I, I really think the Sarah Connor character was really potentially the biggest draw in this franchise and they were without it for three movies well and they're like as crazy as he is now but like edward furlong just killed it in that in that role man he just did he was so good the relationship (laughs) the relationship between him and the t-800 was just he's a fucking robot but it was special it was awesome and um, you know, hasta la vista, baby, and, uh, you know, them giving each other uh, high fives and low fives and stuff like that. And it was just it was just in, it's just a great movie. And uh, but yes, like Linda Hamilton was awesome. Her character arc as far as like her just being like going from being like this waitress to like being like this great leader and tra- training her son to be a great leader and a great man um, was just an incredible arc. But here we are like that's where Halloween like pulled from now we're gonna get to see the other chapter of this we're gonna get to see like who she is now uh 25 plus years later in the franchise and i'm excited for that like i'm not even gonna lie i'm excited to follow up with this character after 25 plus years because like in the other movies you know she just died you know she died and um here she is like you know um She's back. She's back in the franchise. They've totally retconned those other movies, and she's back. I'm more excited to see her than I am what they're going to do with Arnold in this movie. And Same. Because they've shown us that hand so many times throughout the other movies. They haven't been able to let go of Arnold. Um, they've shown us that so many times. What her character's been up to since T2 is totally unexplored. So, oh, but... Hey, enough of this. I, let's talk about this trailer and some of the um, CinemaCon footage. Uh, the trailer – and th- this is all going off of, like, what I've heard. And I've been going everywhere trying to figure out, like, everything that happened in this trailer. Um, the trailer starts off kind of like with, uh, you know, uh, we're looking at a road. And, you know, like in the other Terminators where the, uh, the, the ground starts to, like, freeze over and you see, like, the electricity and that bubble – um, you know, transporting somebody from the future back into our past and you see that bubble and we've seen it like form on the ground and where it uh, kind of like if anything's obstructing its path, like I've seen it, like I believe in like Terminator one and two, it like eats through a fence, you know, and like you see kind of like the metal how it's been burnt to like vaporized and you can see it kind of like glowing orange that like the whatever, whatever amount of power is sending them in there just basically like vaporizes everything in its path makes like a dome-shaped divot in the yeah in the concrete and then i mean it's eaten through you know fences and like uh you know different metal beams and stuff like that we've seen it just we've we've seen it 
basically just vaporize everything. Well, this time, like, whoever is sending this character into the past, apparently it's if I think it's like a calculation now, you know, you've got to calculate where you're going to send them because they basically send this character instead of sending her uh, on this. It's an overpass in Mexico city. So this takes place in Mexico city, but they send this character instead of on top of the overpass, like in between it. So it like eats out the ground floor of this overpass. And so when the ball goes away, You've got this naked woman who's now falling, you know, from a bunch of feet up and just like slams into kind of like a concrete bed below her underneath this overpass. And um, so apparently there's like a couple like in their early 20s or late teens or early 20s or something like that. And they're making out and they see like this woman fall and hit the ground. Now this, this character, this is a uh, actor Mackenzie Davis and she's playing grace. And apparently she, as far as I know, she's like the protector in this one, kind of like in the first movie, it was Kyle Reese. And then in the, you know, T2, of course it was the T 800 protecting uh, Edward Furlong against the T 1000. And apparently Mackenzie Davis is playing grace and she's going to be the protector in this movie. And she's protecting um, uh, what's her name? Is it Natasha? I'm trying to remember the, Natalia. I'm trying to remember the name of the actor. Natalia Reyes. Natalia Reyes, and she's playing Danny Rea, uh, Danny Ramos. Um, and I think Danny Ramos is going to be a, like our new John Connor figure going forward in this franchise. So something between the last movie and this movie. Maybe John Connor's dead now, but there's still hope, and, and maybe the hope is in this Danny uh, Ramos character. And so um, here's the big confusion about this Grace character, played by Mackenzie Davis. Um, everybody was thinking, like, a lot of people were thinking she's playing, like, the protector Terminator that's been programmed to protect this girl. It sounds like to me from the footage description that I've read and listened to that she's a human that's been upgraded with cybernetics. Hmm. Because in this trailer, when she falls, did you did you hear something different, Jake? Or or are you just- uh, yeah, I well, I mean, I I heard that like her opening clip involved her like beating up a bunch of cops and shit yes too. absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and so she, that that confuses mm-hmm. me as to why if she's the protector uh-huh. what's she doing beating up the law just well because. i mean when arnold came in there he's shooting people in the legs and he's it, he fucking uh took that chain gun and like just shot all the cop cars and everything yeah, yeah, I'm stupid. She didn't, that makes sense. If, if the cops are trying to arrest her, she's just getting them the fuck out of the way, out of the way, so she can get her mission undergoing. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, is she a human that's upgraded with cybernetics, like robotics, or is she just a straight up Terminator? Because, like, I'm hearing, like, oh yeah, she's seeing like things like as a Terminator would see them with like that kind of like that augmented, you know, Terminator that red lens that they see with the you know, the robotics and yeah. stuff like that and the way she's able to kind of like, you know, look at something and focus in on a weapon or 
and do all, all these, the green number data. And yeah, all that stuff. you see like the grids and the calculations and all that stuff. Yeah, the data. So I hear that she has that, but like. Here's the thing that I heard about the the footage that made me think that she's a human that's just kind of been upgraded. When she falls, there's that couple that see her and and they start to want to help her and they start to kind of like pick her up or drag her and she's woozy. Why would a robot – I've never seen Arnold – in any of these movies or the T-1000, no matter how far they've fallen, act woozy from a fall. They just get up. They're robots. They're programmed to get up. Arnold, even when he's getting stabbed by the T-1000 in Terminator 2, he's continually trying to kill this thing over and over and over again, even though his limbs are being ripped off and he's being stabbed and everything. I mean, this sounds like a human character that, I mean, we know that they can only go through uh, from the past. They can't bring weapons with them as, uh, you know, like uh, uh, like metal objects through it. But if the metal objects are covered with, uh, you know, living tissue, which the Terminators are, they can carry that metal through with them here. Here we have Mackenzie Davis. I think that I think in order to adapt sometime in the future, in order to adapt and try to beat like Skynet, they've ha- humans have had to implant robotics into themselves to fight these things, to battle them. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I like that idea, like the merging of the human body and the Terminator rather than just we stole another Terminator, reprogrammed it, and we're sending it back. Right. Like that's kind of tired and same old, same old. And it kind of brings a whole new like emotional level to it when it's actually a character there for their own means and not just being programmed or told by someone to do a thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think it's very cool. I I think it's awesome. It's kind of like, you know, and I guess we can kind of compare it to like, you know, the matrix, I guess, like you're talking about, cause there is a scene where the cops are there and stuff like that. We'll break that down here a little bit, but like she's kicking the cops asses and all this stuff. It's, I mean, it's one of those things where like, you know, the human brain and and these robotics have kind of like molded. It's kind of like Neo in the matrix. Like I know Kung Fu. And like now she just can do these things, you know? Um, And I love how it sounds like Tim Miller is taking stuff that we've seen in other Terminator movies and flipping it on its head. Like in every other time, like, you know, we talked about like that, that time traveling bubble thing, you know, and like how they just land there and there they are naked and they're kind of down in the superhero pose and they get up and they walk around naked and they, they, you know, they find clothes and weapons and stuff here. It's like, she shows up and it's a clusterfuck from the beginning. She like lands in the middle of this overpass and just has a free fall you know, I don't know. This sounds like I, I like it. Yeah. It's a human trying to do Terminator things. And there's kind of some inherent comedy that could be found there, too. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, I, I the way that they described her being woozy and them having to drag her made me think that she is not just your standard Terminator. I think that it's I, – I think there's going to be a reveal that she's human. Yeah, not a Terminator at all. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 
Oh, sorry. I no, just wanted to add that I was um, I had been reading an article and, and maybe I'm sure you read it too, Brian, from Slash Film. Um, one of the things that they mentioned is in this scene when she's fighting with the cops, that the attack is shown from her point of view and that according to this breakdown that there we do see like on screen deployment. The displays like pop up on screen like in her vision mm-hmm. so if, if, if we combine that with the fact and it, i have read the same thing too about how the couple like carries her like away from the car like as if she can't move on her own so it it does sound to me that like the idea that she's a human enhanced that that sounds like a pretty decent guess here about what what we'll find out in this movie i think so i mean every terminator move i've seen where Terminators fall down or get thrown or something like that. They always get right back up. I, they've never acted dizzy or woozy or you know. Just, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, so yeah. That's and why would they a, yeah, that's a more human. That? Yeah. Exactly. That's a more human thing. Obviously, like if you fall down, you're going to be like, "Oh, what the fuck just happened?" Yeah. So right. for sure. Yeah. I I, I think that's absolutely yeah. um, probably one hundred percent true. Let's install that woozy patch. You know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That'll really help out the right. mission. So the basically there the I guess this this couple is dragging this naked woman and then the cops pull up uh and they're trying to explain to the cops that they're trying to help her and that she fell and um the cop says something like, "Yeah, I love it when it rains naked ladies." Like like, "Yeah, right. You guys are lying." Uh, then I guess the cops are trying to help out, trying to help Mackenzie Davis's character, and they grab for her arm. And then all of a sudden, it's like she switches into that Terminator programming, uh, and it just goes on. And she just grabs, you know, she sees that that Terminator grid and the vision, and everything's all in red. And and uh, she grabs his gun, and then just proceeds to kick like three, four, five cops' asses. And uh, I hear she's very kind of like fast. When she fights, it's not like Arnold when he's in the bar in T2 and he's like, you know, got guys like hitting him with shit. And he's like, you know, kind of like that's not, not, not he's not slow, but he's he just picks guys up and throws them and 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 breaks their bones. Like she's very fast, kind of like uh, I think we're going to see more of a uh, fast paced kind of action here with this character and i think that that makes sense that if she is human she's going to want to take people out quickly she can't probably even though she's been upgraded she probably can't take as much and i could be wrong about this she could be a fucking terminator but i'm just like i'm speculating if she is human she's going to want to take dispatch them as quick as possible as opposed to you know being slow like arnold and maybe like getting stabbed a few times to you know, in actual organs <laughs> that aren't protected. Yeah, sorry. No, you're doing great, Jake. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on here. Um, did you have something, Jake? Or what, what no, it? no, no, no. It sounded like air went down the wrong pipe there for you, buddy. Like you know, a little how, bit, a little bit. You know how like when people are like eating or drinking and like water or food goes down the wrong pipe, it sounds like you were having air going down the wrong pipe. I did breathe through my nose and a little bit kind of hiccup drunk. So okay. and I was just like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying now. I don't. I think you're part fucking Terminator. I don't know. Yeah, what's going on <laughs> oh, here? man, I wish you, my are, vision could use that. Did you fall? Are you woozy, Jake? What's going on? 
Um, I'm I'm always I'm perpetually woozy like all the time. I love it when I when I when I talk about a bunch of stuff and like nobody knows what to say afterwards, and I just <laughs> I sit there like waiting, like okay, I've I've talked long enough. Let me hear what these guys have to say, and it's absolute silence. And then I got Jake choking on fucking oxygen, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're very, very passionate, and then I was just thinking about how great those, like what you said earlier about the T2 action sequences. I mean, I'm hoping we can get something like that yeah. in, in this new one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, here's the thing. It's like, you know, I think we all really enjoyed, you know, the action sequences that we got in Deadpool, and like Tim Miller and uh, James Cameron sitting down talking about what they're going to do in this movie. You know, the action sequences. And I think that's that, that's that's what I want. I, I want these memorable action sequences, you know, like stuff from like, you know, you know, T2. When, when Arnold's walking in that hallway and he pulls out that box of roses and then, oh, my God, and he's got the shotgun. Like, oh, my God. And then that sets off that whole semi chase at the motorcycle. Oh, my God. God, incredible! Yeah, it's like, so so iconic. Yes. In all those moments. I mean, look at I, you bring a great point up with Miller and the action sequences, though. Like, look what Miller did with Deadpool, and look what the budget for Deadpool was yeah. compared to now what Miller gets to do with this Terminator movie. Yeah, like it's probably got to be double, if not more, the budget to shoot these new action sequences. I would imagine. Yeah, but like, I, let's let's do real action here. You know, like that's what I'm. You know, and I'm I'm not arguing with you, Jake. I'm just passionate about my 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 position on this. Let's go back old school and like let's let's do the real action set pieces. You know. Like yeah, shut down a fucking road. Exactly. Do some stunts. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's do some stunts and like yeah, we can mix the CGI. I, I do want to see that. You know, I want to see like that semi truck chase scene. Uh, you know, and then uh, I want to see like the the truck kind of explode and the the uh, and, and I just I, that that you know uh, the T one thousand in the helicopter and shit like that. You know, helicopter chase. Like, I mean. It's just amazing shit that we got to see in T2. I, I want to see them take that here and not skip on the budget here just to, like, do more CGI and stuff like that. And I think with getting James Cameron involved in this and from, like, what we heard about, like, the Alita Battle Angel sets, Jake, like, how most of those were practical and, like, it mm-hmm. wasn't a green screen, which blew me away. I think they are going to get back to basics with James Cameron uh, being involved in this. So that has me very, very excited. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's been a long time since a Terminator movie kind of wowed you with a new, you know, technology feat. Yeah. And I kind of, I'm kind of thinking that Miller might do something like that here. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I really hope so. Apparently. Okay. So back to this footage, we, we've got Mackenzie Grace walking around here and apparently like they said, she's walking around fully naked and like, so they're not, like, this is going to be rated R. Like, this is just how the Terminators arrived. And apparently they're saying Mackenzie Davis is, like, nude walking around here. And um, so after she, like, kicks those cops' asses, uh, she's walking around. And the young couple are very thankful because they, they were going to get arrest, arrested by these cops. These cops were basically accusing them of like har- harming her. And so they start to thank her and, um, she stands like toe to toe, like right in front of the guy. 
and she says, don't thank me yet. She like scans him like they do for like the clothing. So the scene goes black and then now it's back to her wearing his clothes and like stealing their car and she's driving off. And he, I guess he's like left there in his boxers, which is like that's classic Terminator. It sounds like the movie is kind of trying to tease you. And, you know, they're doing all the tropes of the classic Terminator stuff to kind of lull you into a sense of thinking that this is just another Terminator. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that's but these are things that have to happen in a Terminator movie. They really no, do. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I'm not arguing it. But yeah, it, it, to it, me, it even yeah. more kind of makes what you're saying probably true that she will end up being this kind of hybrid character. Right. Because otherwise, why are we just doing they're not going to do exactly the same beats. Yeah. Well, see, these, these are things that have to happen. Like, unless you just want to have Mackenzie Davis, like completely naked this entire movie fighting you know what i mean like you can't you have to have a scene of her taking somebody's clothes that's just you know it's like i didn't want to see like in terminator one i didn't want to see you know um kyle reese you know dick hanging out the entire movie fighting arnold you know he had to get that trench coat you know it's a funny bit of technology when you really think about it with the Terminator movies, right? The, every movie, the robots get better and better and better, but they still can't figure out how to get the clothes through the portal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, that's that's like the one reason I was really excited back in, I think, it, what was, when was it? Like, was it the late 90s when, um, uh, yeah, Rise of the Machines came out? Because, like, the female Terminator that they sent back, she had the weapons inside of her. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's like, you know, T2 is liquid metal. And like in the third one, she had weapons from the future, like embedded within her. And I was like, oh, my God, futuristic weapons. Oh, my God. Because like that's what we all like because we all were like, you know, like, oh, man, I wish they could bring weapons from the future back into the past and shit like that. And that's like and then when we got the movie, I was just like, oh, my God, they, you know, they recast everybody. Arnold's just not the same. And it just wasn't good. It was, this was like right. Yeah, Claire Danes really stunk it up in that movie for me, too. And it's, yeah. I, I'm fine with her, her normally, but she yeah. was just oof in that movie. Yeah, it was, it was like it was like Arnold's last movie before he became like the governor. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was close. I think yeah. I think we had end of days right before. Yeah, no, end of days didn't that come out? Like, yeah, that came out. Yeah, that was right in there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that being like, and that kind of didn't didn't do so well. So I think that kind of helped him make that decision too. Yeah. Um, now apparently, in the we get uh, another scene. Uh, which is uh, Gabriel Luna's Terminator character. This is the guy, Gabriel Luna is the guy who played uh, Ghost Rider in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series. And um, I guess in this scene where they show him, he's kind of like hunched over and he's he looks broken. He looks damaged. And there's like this car burning behind him. So like we miss like a whole action sequence here. Apparently some action has gone on. And um, you do see the T-1000 kind of like liquid metal stuff coming together and um it's not from what i hear from the description it's not the silver color that we're used to from the other you know from terminator 2 it's kind of like a darker color here it's an oil kind of like a dark oil color and Hmm. um we see diego luna reforming um and then we see mackenzie davis and then uh, Natalia Reyes' characters, Grace and Danny Ramos, they're still on this overpass. 
and it's at daytime. So this could be like moments later after that other scene, for all we know. Um, and they're they're running and they're being chased and they get cornered. And you see a. Not only do we have Gabriel Luna's Terminator, but you also see this Terminator endoskeleton body. And it's but it's dark. Like we've seen like the silver, you know, Terminators in the future scenes where they're walking around and they're shooting guns. And it's just literally just the endoskeleton. Now we get an endoskeleton here, but it's a darkened endoskeleton. It still has the red glowing eye. And then Gabriel Luna's Terminator uh, makes the knife weapon from his hand. So we've got two Terminators kind of like cornering these characters. Now, here's the thing. I've heard that this character and the dark endoskeleton are the same. So basically, Diego Luna's character can split. That's his he can split into two different villains. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's actually that's what I that's what I read, too. That got me super excited. So I don't know how that's like. See, what I'm thinking is like he's made of like the T-1000 metal. The endoskeleton's like the T-800, which is like Arnold. So if that gets damaged, do they can he mold with that and then just basically repair that? That, that you know, I, I don't know. I took it, and I, this is just my interpretation of it: is that it's sort of like so he's he's the Terminator and he's fighting, and he kind of needs like an extra pair of hands, like he needs like a little backup, so he splits into the other thing, and then the and then the endoskeleton can kind of be like like his backup or his like wingman and well yeah but I mean, the, yeah I get that I was I mean, just trying mm-hmm. to think of like you know as another functionality like if 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 that gets damaged if it if he melded with it again could could he then could like this liquid metal technology or nanotech or whatever you want to call it could it then repair the endoskeleton part or or is the mm. endoskeleton part now just like now it's just damaged I bet it can, I, and I bet it probably is what charges the endoskeleton part too, right? It's probably, you know, the liquid metal itself is probably what sustains its, you know, whatever is causing it to move around in the first place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. I think the color choice is, is really cool too, like to make it more of a darker endoskeleton, and, and that'll make it very distinct if there's other endoskeletons around. You'll know that this is the one that's separated from this character. And don't so. say and don't say it's because it's tr- they're trying to sell toys because Terminator toys don't sell people, okay? Yeah, right. I actually, I, you know, <laughs> that joke always runs in my head, and I, I thought, no, they, they obviously do, they did make a stylistic choice here, yeah. I think, to be able to tell this, you know, endoskeleton apart from all the other ones right. in case, you know, we're because it does sound like there's going to be multiple Terminators in action sequences. Yeah. And yeah. this will really distinguish this character. Yeah. And I like it. It's a good idea. Yeah. I just I, they, I think they sell. I got, I don't know. They sell Terminator memorabilia and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, like the expensive more adult model. Yeah. Right? It's like the really expensive, like, you know, like a hot toy or something like that. It's like. You know, that's what they sell. It's just like you're not going to I don't know. I mean, you're not you're, you're going to see like if they do come out with like Dark Fate toys, you're going to go down the target aisle and see those on clearance eventually. I mean, it's just that's just they just don't sell that great. So 
Yeah, it's kind of a different world too, where we're not really selling R-rated toy lines to kids like we were in the uh, mid to late '90s. Yeah, you could always go down like that specialty aisle at Toys R Us, though, and those were open, and they'd have like the really cool, detailed figures, you know, stuff like almost like on the level of like a McFarlane toy, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. But they don't, like they don't yeah, stuff. But they don't sell like hotcakes, is what I'm saying. So you know, it's 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 not like. You're not going to get like that, you know, nine ninety nine figure on the, you know, hanging on the rack or whatever. So no, no Hot Wheels sets, no yeah. Lego sets, exactly. No, you know, yeah, you're going to get the, you're going to get the uh, Hot Wheel with the naked Mackenzie Davis on the hood, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That should be the first action figure too. There we go, naked Mackenzie Davis. There we go. <laughs> Look, I just I just leaped into the future. I'm going to steal your clothes. And then... <laughs> Comes in like a Barbie car with like a perfect dome cut out yeah. of it. Well, Arnold, Arnold, Arnold with uh, with uh, steroid penis, you know? Oh. <laughs> so, uh, where was I? That's sad. Um, yeah, so basically he is uh, chasing them. These two different Terminators are chasing them, and you've got Mackenzie Davis, and she basically says something like, "When they start to, I'm gonna, you know, she's protecting her, and she's like, when, when they start to kill me, just run." And then before they can start even attacking, we've got a truck kind of like zooms up and then halts and stops, and Linda Hamilton comes out of Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor, and she's in like full battle gear here and she pulls out this shotgun and she just blasts at the Terminator and then knocks him off a bridge and then she uh, pulls out after that she pulls out a rocket launcher and then she blows up the endoskeleton um, and then she uh, takes out another grenade and throws it and then uh, looks at Mackenzie Davis and uh, Natalia Reyes and says I'll be back I guess apparently going over to the truck to get them and pick them up or something so yeah she just like you know, like a bat out of hell is a badass and just starts kicking these Terminator's asses. Like, this is like nothing for her. <laughs> She's used to this shit. How did she know about this? How, 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 why is she in Mexico City? How did she know to be there? I mean, that, so many questions. Yeah, she's obviously not stopped caring since, like, we last left her in Terminator 2, right? She, you know, still very knee-deep into it. Yeah. Probably... She had connections even in Terminator 2 of, you know, people that she could go to and, you know, have safe harbor with. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. she's probably been building up evidence and cases and theories and speculation. And, you know, it, like a proper action movie should, we're starting right at the thick of it, you know, when she's right. figured out what's going on. And I'm sure she will explain to another character, you know, what she's discovered and why she's there. Yeah, that's that's kind of like, uh, you know, like we hear about this footage, we hear about her showing up, but there's a lot of like whys and hows uh, that are going to they're going to have to explain in this movie. And that's kind of like I'm very intrigued by that. I'm very intrigued as to like, yeah, I know that she, you know, like in Terminator 2, she she had worked with, uh, you know, Enrique had helped her train and he had given her like weapons and supplies and stuff like that. But how did she know? <laughs> I mean, these are, I guess these are energy signatures, you know, anytime like these, you know, Terminators come from the, 
from the future into our past, but like, how did you know how to, when to be there and, like, and how to be? Yeah. I wonder how much modern technology is going to play into it. Yeah. At all too. Like, is she using modern technology for the cause? I'm, there's a lot of questions. It does sound like this is her first scene in the movie though, from the description. Yeah. Do you think, I, and I like how it's the iconic line is her first line potentially. Do you think that, um, well, I, I mean, who's going to say "Come with me" if you want to live? Is that are they going to have uh, Mackenzie Davis say that to Danny Ramos? I think so. I, I, if I had to guess, because it's been like if you're going to count just like you know the first two movies, and the first movie it was Kyle Reese, he said it, you know, to uh, Sarah, and then in the second movie it was the T eight hundred, and so I think to in John, this one, yeah. yeah, I think in this one they're going to have it be Mackenzie Davis, Grace, this Grace character, you know, probably say it to Danny Ramos, come with me if you want to live. You know, I have no problem with that. I, I kind of like, that's like fanboy nods and winks. Sorry, my cat's walking on the table and almost knocked down a drink and I'm trying to do a juggling act between this show and my cat. So, um, but uh, yeah, sorry, Jake. No, I don't have a problem with it either, man. It's, it, you know, a lot of movies do that. I don't think by any means they're distracting lines that take you out of the fiction. It's fine. It's the equivalent of, Star you know, Wars. I have a very bad feeling about this. In yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars, exactly. So it's, and that, for me, you know, being a Terminator fan, that's like, you know, that's one of those lines that, that I wait for. So um, apparently, okay, after that, then we get a bunch of like action images. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys picked out any that you heard about but i'm gonna go through the ones that i heard about here we see um uh it looks like there's scenes from the future so you know not only do we get i guess Mackenzie davis's character you know coming back into the past here but she i guess they also show her fighting in the future against a bunch of like different terminators uh endoskeleton terminators and i hear like some of them even had kind of like new robotic tentacles that come out of their back i don't oh. know I, I heard maybe they maybe they saw that but or or maybe they thought they saw that but i don't know um we'll see if that comes true um i guess there were like four to five quick shots of arnold we didn't get to see a lot of him uh, you do get to see him like walking in a hallway and he's got his robotic left arm uh i guess there was a shot of sarah connor next to arnold and she's firing a weapon they're fighting together um, there's uh, a scene of uh, Gabriel Luna's Terminator, and he's dressed in a like a uniform of like a soldier or maybe a police officer, and he's like in a facility killing a bunch of men. Um, so I don't know. Apparently, like the crowd went crazy after they saw this footage, and I guess my hype level. It, this is like my third most anticipated movie I think of this year now. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. I, I know how big of a fan you are. And yeah, I mean, even not being as big of a fan as you hearing just kind of about this sizzle reel and the reaction and what everyone was kind of talking about it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm pretty damn excited for this now. I can't wait just to see a speck of it for myself. God, yeah, I can't wait for this first trailer. I cannot wait. Is this coming out this year? Or is this because uh, I know that was my next question. They're in post-production right now. So, I mean... Let me look it up here real quick. I was looking it up, too. I'm trying here. Dark Rain, right? November 1st of this year. No, it's called Dark Fate. Dark, dark Fate. Uh, dark Rain, was that with... Uh, <laughs> that was a Marvel... Um, 
the post-Secret Invasion storyline, I think. Oh, I thought it was the Christian Slater movie. What was that? Was that Heavy Rain? What was that movie? <laughs> yes, Hard yes. Rain. Hard Rain. Hard Rain. <laughs> that movie is so fucking bad. <laughs> it was terrible. That, but it had Morgan Freeman in it. It couldn't be bad. Hard Rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Randy Quaid's in it. <laughs> oh. oh, it's got Minnie Driver. Minnie Driver doesn't get many roles, does she? Like, no. movie roles. Like, I love Minnie Driver. Ah. What is she doing now, Minnie Driver? I'm looking that up now, too. <laughs> I, I don't know. I used to, I just, I, I used to be a huge Minnie Driver fan. I loved her in, uh, in, uh, Oh, she did a show called The Riches on FX for a couple seasons. I thought she was great in that. And then she was in the uh, the Affleck Damon movie. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. She was so good in that movie. She was great in that movie. I agree. I love me. She's in an ABC sitcom called Speechless right oh, now. Fuck my life. Get come on. Give this. Give her something worthy of her talents. Can we get her? In, why couldn't we get her in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like she should have been. Uh, remember Liv Tyler's character in the in the Incredible Hulk movie. She should have been. Uh, what's her name? Betty. Betty. Oh man, I'm blanking on it. Um, not, the daughter. Yeah, Betty something, right? Be- Betty Ross. Betty Ross. There you go. Yeah, yeah. General Ross, Betty Ross. She should have been Betty Ross, not Liv Tyler. So look, I would be uh, mad at that casting. I mean, I think. Mini Driver would have killed it in that. Here, I, I, this is like our Terminator talk has turned into me <laughs> bitching about how Mini, Mini Driver, Driver should be Betty Ross in the Incredible Hulk movie, which came out ten fucking years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think no matter who plays that role, I still barely remember it. Mackenzie Davis's character Grace goes back into the past to make sure that Mini Driver gets that role in <laughs> the Incredible Hulk movie, still starring Edward Norton at that time. <laughs> I actually it's, liked him in the Incredible Hulk. I did too. He kind of yeah, got he kind of got a raw deal. Like that whole I guess that whole production was kind of fucked up, and you know, like um, he had some. He, crea- he, he, he was had, kind of a dick about it. Well, he had creative input too, and like some yeah. of it they listened to, some of it they didn't. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He like demanded they take his name off the the writing credit at yeah. one point. <laughs> Jeez, I don't. I think yeah. that, I thought it was a good movie, and I thought uh, Tim Roth was a fucking great villain. So. Oh yeah, yeah dude, I see really pe- good in it. I see people hate on the Tim Roth performance a lot. Oh lately. come like, on, just recently in the last few months, and I'm like, man, that was the most redeeming factor of the whole movie for mm. me. I loved his Blonsky. Yeah, Abomination. Like um, that whole. I don't know. I, I I enjoyed the movie personally. I thought it was really good. Like a lot of people will be like, "Oh, it's one of the you know they rank it down there at like the very bottom of you know some of these Marvel movies." And I'm like, "No, I mean i I'd rank it higher than some of the ones that you guys are ranking." I don't know. I thought I thought it was pretty good. So, is yeah. Mini Driver related to Adam Driver? I don't think so. Right. No. No. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> If by that, by, I mean, what was it? What's that? What, remember Phyllis Diller? Her last name was Driver, and I don't think they're related. Her real no, last I, name. No, I didn't even know that was her last name. Yeah, Phyllis Diller's last real real last name is Phyllis. Uh, real name was Phyllis Driver. They're not related. And she's not related to Adam Driver. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a Terminator people. I'm. I. I cannot wait. I. 
I think, yeah, it's uh, for me, like my most anticipated movies of this year are like, of course, the, what we're going to talk about next, Endgame. Uh, number two is Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. And then three is this Dark Fate now. And I might, they might be, they might screw me with this. Like I might get totally screwed. This might be just another crappy Terminator movie. But right now, like me being a fan, and I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be falling for this again, Jake, but I am. Yeah, you know, I I never even fucking watched Genesis. Um, I missed that episode. You and Jay just roasted it, and so I just was like, eh, there's no need to do any of this. It's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. I mean, so. All right, let's, uh, any final thoughts about uh, Terminator Dark Fate? If you don't have any, oh. just say no real quick. I don't want to hit the, these long, weird, awkward pauses with you fuckers. <laughs> Hopefully they've learned something from what, you know, Endgame's doing and from what they did with Genesis and whatever, you know, eggs they're keeping in their basket. They save them for the fucking movie and they don't spoil any big twist with these uh, Dark Fate trailers. So, I oh, hope, yeah. you know, yeah. the promotion as well. Yeah, yeah. So, any other thoughts? Nope. Nope. Steve, did you have any thoughts this entire time? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, okay, so I like, felt like you were I, like, I didn't know if you were in a coma. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I was just sort of oblivious to anything Terminator related until like yesterday when I read the article. So I was still just very fresh on it and haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to think about it. All right. No, that's fine. That's fine. But like, I, after, I want one more thought. Yeah. Is Steve Miller related to Tim Miller? <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is actually. <laughs> yes, and I think that they all have like um, they are you know Miller beer. I think they all are related to the Mister Miller of Miller Light beer. Do they both oh, star exciting. in Miller's Crossing? Miller's Crossing and We Are the Millers is another movie that they all star in. Yeah, jeez, it's a small world. It is a small world. Really is. Yeah. There's Miller's Pub in Chicago, too. So that's definitely a part of your origin story, <laughs> Steve. Yep. That's definitely it's, <laughs> it's definitely part of you and and your family's DNA is uh, old Miller's Pub in Chicago. So yep. we are going to uh, take a quick break and come back and talk about Avengers Endgame special look trailer and CinemaCon footage. <laughs> hey, uh, you might have heard me counting down there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could. <laughs> I, I know. I was so excited. Here's the thing. Like, every time, like, right before we start recording, I go, and we're ready to go in three, two, and one. And I think you might hear me, like, mid one right there as I, <laughs> as I hit the record. We're going to be talking about the uh, special look trailer. Did this come out? Yeah, this came out on Tuesday, the day after uh, uh, April second. So it was the day after April Fool's Day, and uh, it was called a special look trailer. And so, like when you when I think of like special look, I think of like oh, it's just going to be some kind of like I don't know, uh, maybe like behind the scene behind the scenes thing. Or I didn't expect like it's just a weird name for a, a trailer, special look. Like, you know, I was thinking it was going to be like a featurette or something like that. I didn't expect like it was going to be a completely. I mean, this could have just been like tr called trailer number three, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Special look gives me the same connotations that I'm going to be like be hearing the Russo brothers yeah. like, talking in the background and yeah. you know stuff like that. Maybe a look at how they did one of the VFX and right. the shots. Or, exactly. Like yeah, and like we might get to see something new. Like at the beginning there, like when when they show, like, I think it's uh, I don't know Ant Man or somebody like looking at the screens and like we see like oh Selvig. You know, and then so like real quick there, we did find out like, you know, Dr. Selvig's been taken in the decimation. So but I thought like maybe we'll see something like that or like maybe a couple clips that are new. But like this was just a completely new trailer. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, other than like having kind of the epic like music drops of the other ones. Yeah, it just felt like a whole new trailer. They definitely did a lot of work on the the, like voice monologues over it, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they dropped it the same day that the tickets went on sale. So, like, that was pretty exciting because in, in the, you know, the the fury of everybody trying to get tickets and then, boom, you've got a whole nother, basically, as you said, Brian, another trailer. Um, I mean, oh, my God. Like, it's it's like a feeding frenzy of sharks and they just threw, like, a bunch of chum in the water. Like, this is just – I mean, everybody is just, like – so riled up for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. This is it's it's an event. Like, there's not going to be um, anything like this. I don't think ever again. Like, maybe maybe that's spoke too soon. I honestly no. I don't think that there will be anything like this ever again. This 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 is this is a story they've been telling for now for eleven years. And this is the end of that chapter of that story. This is the end of the, the of this version of the Avengers. They're basically closing that chapter. I don't think next, we'll ever see anything next to like, like Harry Potter book seven. I can't think of a, like a culmination moment that I was more excited for. You know? So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, even with that, like we knew what was going to happen in the movie because we'd already been able to, you know, privy to read the books. This we have no idea what's going to happen. Well, I meant I meant the book. I, yeah, the actual book release of book. No, no, I'm was, just. Was, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, like this, like the difference here, though, is like we don't know what's going on. Oh, you talking? You were talking about the book? Yeah, I was oh. specifically talking about the release of book seven. Oh, fair enough. And just the excitement, like I, it's the same thing. There's never going to be another moment like that. No, such a no. gigantic story, and just the anticipation of finding out how it's going to conclude. Yeah, it, like to it, me, the only thing I can compare it to is. When book seven came out of Harry Potter. Well, I mean, even with the other books that we can compare I mean, if, even if we're comparing the other books, like there were there were events like you were going to the bookstore, you were going to like, you know, the midnight release or whatever that when when they were, you know, and that's just kind of like the other movies leading up to this, you know, like Infinity yeah. War was like, you know, book six or whatever. You know what I mean? So this yeah, is I, to- I totally agree with you, though. Like it, You're going to be hard pressed to map out a 10 year like movie timeline that ends in this kind of event. Right. It's just, this is, we're, I, we're never going to see anything like this again, which I also want to say, which is kind of crazy to me that people aren't watching trailers for this, that you're not <laughs> being a part of this. <laughs> I still think it's, it's just bizarre to me, Jake, that people are avoiding these trailers. Like, like these, like, like if the, what we've seen in these trailers going in is going to hurt our experience. I don't know. I, Whatever works for people. It's just like I can't imagine not being a part of the entire fandom and, uh, you know, <laughs> what's that phrase? Catch the excitement. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
you know, when the Russos first said that we're not going to see really anything but like, you know, stuff from the first act in these trailers, I yeah. kind of didn't believe them. But now here we are. And I, I totally see that they weren't pulling our leg. And so, yeah, I completely agree. Like, it's part of the fun seeing these trailers. They yeah. are such like disguised masterpieces. And like, you really can't spoil a three plus hour movie in a uh, two minute sizzle. No, 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 you can't. Like what we got just uh, from the special look was one minute. And then, like, before that, it's been, like, two-and-a-half-minute trailers. Maybe the Super Bowl trailer was, like, maybe a little over a minute. But, like, yeah, we're, we're not spoiling anything at this point. But, yeah, uh, and I, use Avengers Infinity War as your example, too. I think I think this is doing an even better job, but that did a, yeah. you know, comparable job, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. The Infinity War trailers spoiled none of the big stuff that really happened in that movie. And so, yeah, I, I watch this, too. Like, usually I stay away from the trailers because I'm like, I don't want to be spoiled. But uh, they've, they've really shown me that they're not going to spoil any big moments here for me. And so... Yeah, I, I think, yeah, de- definitely watch watch this one-minute thing. It's not going to spoil anything for you. Yeah, and to anyone out there listening that is that person that, you know, is the refuse-to-watch-the-trailer person, you know, I challenge you to do that exercise and watch the Infinity War trailer and ask yourself what in here was, you know, spoiled for the movie. Mm-hmm. And if your answer is nothing, then you need to just watch the Endgame trailer because it's even better. Right. Yeah. And yeah, be a part of this. I mean, it's 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 pretty incredible. And like, you know, I, I tried this once. I tried this. I, I watched one, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming trailer and then the all the, you know, trailers coming out after that I avoided. And it didn't help my viewing experience at all. I learned I gained nothing from it. Um, yeah, that was one of our most mad reviews of, of a Marvel movie in the last like couple of years. Too. Yeah, yeah, very true. So let's br- uh, let's talk about the special look trailer breakdown, uh, and uh, I also want to talk about the CinemaCon footage um, that was released there. Um, but this trailer starts off. We got a shot of uh, Avengers headquarters. Uh, then we get a shot of uh, Bruce Banner and him saying, "If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded." And uh, we see a sh- shot of uh, Thor sitting at a table in the headquarters. And then Rhodey says, yeah, because you mean they killed all our friends. Rhodey with uh, with that great uh, dark humor there. So, geez, what a <laughs> real glass half yeah. full guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you mean because they killed all our friends? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks, Captain Obvious. Gosh. Didn't know that. Thank uh, you. <laughs> well, they just they had to address it at least once. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. It's no, we're all gonna mope about it, but nobody's gonna say it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it. <laughs> Good old Rhodey said it. Yeah. So uh, we then hear Natasha say, "We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try." And then Rhodey says again, "Yeah, because they're all dead." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we get it." You're a broken record, (laughs) Rhodey. Right. I I, I thought that was a bit excessive to say it twice. That would be great (laughs) if it just continued to happen throughout the entire movie. You know, like at the at the end scene, you know, Thanos is like there. He's got the damaged gauntlet on and he's like, you know, like now I'm going to take out, you know, and Rhodey's like, oh, let me guess. You're going to kill off everybody else because you already killed off all of our other friends, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Every time he brings it up, somebody starts crying. Just one person. <laughs> Damn it, Rhodey. They just stopped crying, and now look what you've done. I got to walk away. <laughs> I want, okay, my question to you is uh, let's see here. Uh, for, let's see. I am. Um, 
I was just thinking of like famous like uh you know uh characters in movies like which one would have been decimated like in uh twins would would it be DeVito or Schwarzenegger that- <laughs> <laughs> I think um I think Schwarzenegger goes cuz uh you need DeVito's acting chops to be sad that he's gone No I think yeah. I think DeVito well, I- goes cuz it takes less energy to snap away DeVito than it would be Schwarzenegger <laughs> Yeah but it's more entertaining to watch DeVito tried to figure out a way to bring Schwarzenegger back. Like he, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think Schwarzenegger goes in, in that snap. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, I want to think about, I, yeah, I want to think about like how all these other like characters from all these other movies would react to the snap and like, okay. how about the three amigos? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, no, I got oh a, Mar- Martin one. Short is the head. only guy that's left. So. Oh, I was on the same page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yeah, Wayne and Garth. Yeah. Woody and Buzz. I think Wayne and Garth. I think they both still make it. Like they don't. Like they. It's not necessarily like they both have to go. They probably both made it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think Every, Winston's the only surviving around. Ghostbuster. Right. Winston's the only surviving Ghostbuster. Yeah, because he'll have no clue what to do by himself. <laughs> I hate to break the news about Egon, Jake, but <laughs> I know that was a terrible. I know I'm giving my best roadie joke, guys. So <laughs> he's dead, Jake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, roadie. <laughs> Gosh, I don't want roadie to like give my eulogy anytime soon. He's terrible. Yeah, you can't have any fun with the guy. Like, even if you play charades, it's yeah. always just dead. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We got uh, <laughs> uh, we got Natasha. Like I said, she says we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. Um, as we see a shot of her outside in the rain, she's in a Japanese garden, um, and I think it's pretty safe to say that this is leading up to her tracking down Hawkeye in Japan. One rumor that I've heard, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard this rumor. Um, actually, I've heard two rumors about what he's doing. That he's like, like I just believe that he was, you know, hunting down, you know, Yakuza gang members. Some people are saying that he's hunting down monsters. And I've heard other people saying, down, saying that he's hunting Yakuza um, scrolls that are disguised as Yakuza. I think both of those rumors are stupid. It just makes sense for this guy to go around killing yakuza gang members i i think throwing in scrolls and monsters and shit just sounds silly to me agreed like like what kind like what kind of monsters is he killing with a bow and arrow like i i i it doesn't make a lot of sense to he me he killed either. a shit fuck ton of monsters and hansel and gretel i mean yeah so this is where we get the surprise blade cameo and that's who uh <laughs> Haw- hawkeye's been running around with <laughs> He's part of the new Dark Stalkers. Oh God, I would, awesome. I would actually co-sign that. I would yeah, love to like, see. I'd like to see that movie. Actually, now that you bring that up, fucking like, we got Mahershala Ali showing up as Blade. I'd be like, oh my oh, God, God yes. <laughs> oh man, the fucking Daywalker. You know, I would lose my shit. Um, we get a shot of uh, Steve. Looking in a mirror, this is probably after he had, like, his Gillette shaving moment here. The best a man can get. He probably just <laughs> freshly shaved himself. Uh, do you think he did some manscaping while he was in there, too? Do you think there's some, like, pubes in that uh, in that sink? 
You think he like yeah, I- threw the leg up? You know what I mean? And he got <laughs> he got underneath there and started like you know he got that he's got the what what do they call that? What do they call that the schwick the sh- the sh- the quattro, and he it's like and that's. And he's taking care of the nutsack, and he's he's even hitting the scrot really well, you know. Yeah, I, I think that footage probably almost made the cut too. But once they were pushing three hours, that just barely missed it. Yeah. So then we get we get this shot of uh, of a ship flying, and and I posted this on Facebook, and I want to say it here: a lot of people are saying that this ship that's flying over in Tokyo, uh, flying over Tokyo, is the Benatar, and it is not the Benatar. Um, I have paused this frame and like there's these two like uh, they're like rudders or these vertical stabilizers that stick straight up on this ship and those are not on the Benatar. And then when you look at this ship from the back, you see these three glowing lights and those lights match the back of the Quinjet that we saw in Infinity War that Captain America flew to Wakanda. So I am... 99.9% 99.9% sure that what we are seeing here is a shot of a Quinjet flying over Tokyo, and it's not the Benatar. Yeah, my, you know, my brain never even thought this could even be the Benatar until I saw people making those comments. Everyone yeah. was, like, posting about it being the Benatar. What were you saying, Steve? No, I was just, uh, I was agreeing. Yeah, there's no never once, never one moment that I was like, yeah, that's the Benatar. Oh, it's clearly a Quinjet. Dude, I was reading legit articles from media outlets saying no, this I, was I've the Benatar. No, I've seen it, too. I've seen it, too. I, I just thought it made me relook, like, because I never made that association. And then I started seeing everyone saying that. And then I rewatched and I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we then get a shot of Nebula and Rocket sitting on the back of the Benatar after it's landed on Earth. They're probably, like, mourning the loss of the other Guardians. Um, and because uh, they're, the, they're the only two left, uh, we hear Tony say it's not about how much we've lost; it's about how much we have left. As we see him then hugging Pepper, so it's at night when they are reunited here, um, and this matches up with the Super Bowl spot where it's at night. And Captain America is uh, looking up at the sky at night with Natasha and Rhodey. And and, and, and mm-hmm. so it's probably the Benatar that's landing in the scene. Do you think that – is this a scene in the movie or is this trickery? And if you look at Steve, he looks like he's got bags under his eyes. He looks emaciated in the face. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm hoping – what we're seeing here is legit. I'm hoping like Steve and Nebula saved themselves while they were out there and he's back. They found a way to get back. Yeah. You know, I'm, um, this footage, because we had, there was speculation that, you know, maybe it's pepper that saves Tony. Um, but the fact that if this is to be believed and if it's not just, you know, trickery, then pepper doesn't save them. She's on earth waiting for him, you know, somehow to find his way back. And, um, I and the more I think about it, the more I'm I'm really hoping that it, it is Tony that does save himself, and because I think that would be a really great bookend to that first Iron Man movie. I think that would be a real great complete story arc to come right back around to that same scenario. Yeah, for me, it's always been about Tony saving himself. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. 
in the you know a lot of people were saying the way that uh, the characters are lined up outside when they're looking up at the night sky you know with Cap and Natasha and Rhodey that there's like a space missing where they think another character has been digitally removed could that be Pepper so when when Captain America is reacting to a transmission uh, and he's saying is this an older message um, some people are thinking it could be the archived uh, footage of uh, Ant-Man that we saw in the first trailer. Um, I myself think that that is a possibility, but I also think that it's a transmission that they're getting from Tony from space and maybe him coming back. And so maybe Cap has time to get a hold of Pepper and tell Pepper, you know, hey, we got a message from Tony. And they've digitally removed Pepper here. That way, this scene makes sense. Like, if this is in the movie. So, like, when, when, when Tony lands, it's not like he's going to be... And he looks emaciated. He, he, looks, he looks, you know, tired, hungry, does not look healthy. I can't see, like, this being, like, our moment where, like, Tony and Steve make up. I think, like, this is the moment where, like, Pepper's <laughs> like, I'm happy to see you. Here's a hug. We're going to the hospital. You need to get an IV in you, and you need to get – you need your organs need to start functioning properly again. Because, like, you've – you know, like, you've been on a fast, but unlike Gandhi, you didn't do it on purpose for 21 days, and you're not – you know. So that's – you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I agree with that. I'm um, you know, Tony and Steve confronting each other again is a big moment that a lot of people are anticipating, and they're not going to blow that in the first ten minutes of the movie. No. So I, I completely dig what you're saying. Yeah, Steve, are you with us, man? Yes, I am here. I am here. <laughs> no, I, I was going to point out. Um, yeah. I I really like that they're kind of transitioning Nebula into more of a of a good guy character. Yeah. Uh, compared to where she started. I mean, when we see her and Rocket sitting next together, Rocket puts his hand into her hand. So, like, they're obviously, like, you know, setting aside the differences they've had and, uh, and you know, mourning together. Um, Think of how much Rocket can relate with Nebula. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they're all their friends. They're the, the last two of everybody they basically know except for except for Thanos. And, I meant the genetic manipulation on their bodies. Oh, well, yeah. I fuck. I <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that that too. Um, but yeah, I just seen seen Tony get back. That was one of those things that like going back to like people not watching this. Like I I have watched all of these trailers because I just am that excited for the movie. But like like I know my boss at work. Like he doesn't want to see Tony back on Earth. Like and he doesn't want to see. And he like he asked me. He's like, should I watch this? And I was like, nah, you'll be mad. Like, I know you'll be mad if you watch it because there's stuff he just yeah, doesn't want to see. Here's the thing. It's like, does your boss really think that, like, Tony's just going to die out there in space? And that's the end of the fucking that's the that's the end of Tony. Tony's right. dead. Like, I, we I, just got like Tony's to dead carcass him, like, floating out in the out in space in the Benatar. And that's our send off for Iron Man. Thank you for 11 years. Tony Stark as his <laughs> body just floats into space in a ghost <laughs> ship. Like, no, like, of course, he's going to make it back to Earth. <laughs> Well, They'll cut the road saying he's dead. Yeah, that'll, exactly. That'll be that. <laughs> right. What I, <laughs> well, what I ended up telling him after I said, no, nah, it'll make you mad, but it doesn't tell us anything we don't already know. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like all the things that it shows us is stuff that we know is they, whether we had seen it happen or not, we know it's going to happen because if it doesn't happen, we don't have a movie. Right. Like if Tony doesn't come back to Earth, we don't have a movie. So we kind of know that's going to happen. Yeah. We know that there's yeah. going to be a resolve with Tony and Steve. Like it's yeah, we know that's going to happen. Civil War. Right. And like so for him to be all like, oh, I don't want to see it. It's like, dude, you, you know, it's going to happen now. Like you're not going to be surprised by it. You're gonna be like, oh, whew, that's a relief. Finally, it happened. You know, Steve, you were talking about you were talking about earlier. You're talking about Nebula and like how it's cool to like kind of like see her, you know, and where she's at now as to where she was. I mean, like she's like she's recently just kind of like made up with Gamora, and now Gamora's gone. I mean, she's gonna have to deal with that. Jake, like I'm I'm hearing rumors like you know of like you know, and you were talking about this last week, man, with uh, with Nebula kind of doing what she does in the comics, and I'm hearing like that's a big possibility, dude. Like, like at yeah, the last it's just, it's moment, it's just such a huge moment, and they've never kind of neglected those huge iconic moments. Whether or not they keep to the actual story that happened in the comic books, it seems like they still always. You know, just like in Civil War, we had to see that iconic, you know, moment during the Cap and Iron Man fight, even though the movie Civil War has nothing to do with the actual comic Civil War. Mm -hmm. Like just certain beats, it seems like they have to keep, you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm intrigued by her getting a hold of the of the gauntlet and and. um, Yeah, also, the the people who are excited about the. who think that the, the the Quinjet is actually the Benatar? You in the the wide shot after seeing Tony of the Avengers complex, you can see the Quinjet sitting on a hello on a like a pad, and it it's definitely the same ship you saw flying over Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. I, I think that people <laughs> kind of like just they 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 see that shot and they just assume because I mean it does the Quinjet does look like a, it does look like a spacecraft. Um, I think they just automatically assume that it's the Benatar. Um, but yeah, I was, just, I don't know that I was getting annoyed seeing it. So that's why I posted <laughs> yeah, that on Facebook. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, we see a shot of Tony in the Iron Man armor flying over a city and, uh, he's in his, uh, new Mark 85 suit. So this is, I think in infinity war, it was the Mark 50 and now we're getting the Mark 85 and, I think this shot, Jake, could be, and it's a daytime shot, and he's flying over a city. This could be one of those, this could be like Tony in the Mark 85 at the Battle of New York. I don't know. Because this is, it's not. I can see the, um, sorry, I can see the Empire State in the background. Yeah, but I mean, he could still be in New York, but in present time. Like, this doesn't have to be, this doesn't have to be, um. I'm just saying, like, this could be, like, he could have taken the Mark 85 suit, the nanotech, back with him. I tried to look at the arc reactor because I know I've seen, like, pictures of the leaked arc reactor. And the arc reactor, if I'm to believe um, that this leak... It's got, like, a honeycomb design on it. But have you seen the green... Was it the green one that you saw? The new, like... Like I'm not I'm talking about the actual prop from the movie, the photo oh. of the prop. No, 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 no. I haven't okay. seen the prop. And I don't know if the prop's legit or not. But like the the reactor's actually like underneath like what you see on the suit. So it's not okay. glowing green, so I don't know if it's the actual I Yeah, this is could... a weird scene. It's kind of suspect to me. I mean, other than getting a good look at the you know, the eighty five armor, um, 
it's really just kind of generic shot of Iron Man flying, right? That maybe it's just about all they have left that they can even put in one of these trailers. I mean, this could potentially just be stock footage, right? Yeah, let me see. I'll show you. I'll send you guys um, the link here to that prop. I'll pause here real quick if you guys want to check this out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you guys had a chance to look at that. I don't know if that's a legit, you know, prop that's actually being used, film used. So yeah. If it's if it's if it's green, if that is legit, let's say hypothetically that's legit. There's got to be something that would signify it being green, right? What what technology do you think that would be? I mean, I mean, the, the newest stuff that he's used is like this nanotech, like as far as in the in the movies, correct? I mean, like, uh, I mean, yeah, like they've kind of gone the, um, the bleeding edge armor. way, or yeah, it, I was thinking like uh, the bleeding edge armor in the in the comics and stuff. Mm, yeah, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. Um, but anyway, wouldn't, then we, it, go ahead. wouldn't it have been cool with the nanotech if they made it purple? Because of the whole coming from Wakanda thing. Well, has he had a chance to make a suit out of vibranium? I mean, I mean, this is literally coming off. Well, I the guess, heel. yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, no, and no that mind. that might be. Well, that might be third act stuff. And but see, if Shuri is decimated, I mean, I don't know what like what the science division in Wakanda is doing without her. You know. Yeah, when, when people become undecimated. You think that's the end of action sequences? Uh, I think that the de- uh, the uh, the people once to be they become undecimated. I do not. I think they are going to be involved in a final action sequence. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, it would seem a little bit anticlimactic to reunite all these characters and then have nothing for them to do. No, I think once they're reunited, they're like thrust into a battle pretty much immediately after that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah that makes a lot of sense because if you kind of leave the undecimating to like the very end of the movie, it's like I mean it's nice, but it's sort of like a and they lived happily ever after kind of an ending. But if they come back and then they have to fight in this third act battle, that's that's super cool. Well, yeah, Yeah, I was thinking even worse, Rebecca. I was thinking like on a Return of the King level where they get undecimated and then we get like eighteen endings. Oh God, that's why the movie's three hours. Because we got to sit through 18 endings. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> well, I hear, like, I don't know. I've heard rumors of, like, Thor being, like, part of Thor's mission is to, like, go get a get an army. And so he's getting the rest of the Asgardians to, to help him fight. And, you know, probably getting Meek and Korg and Valkyrie and, you know what I mean? So, and then, and then even more reinforcements were, would be the Undecimated coming back. Um, let's see here. We get a shot in the trailer of uh, Hawkeye in Avengers headquarters uh, with a. Uh, he's got a new tattoo here. It's a sleeve, and it's a looks like it's of a snake, and then kind of like a skeletal samurai warrior. Uh, we hear Tony say, "We're the Avengers. We got to finish this." And we see a shot of Black Widow. Here with the red hair and the blonde tip, so like this is probably a future shot. Um, then we get the same shot that we got in the last trailer of Thor calling the Stormbreaker as it whizzes past Captain Marvel. Um, we get a shot of the group standing in a room in the headquarters, and it's Hawkeye here, Rhodey, Tony Cap, Nebula, Rocket, Black Widow, and Ant Man, and they're kind of like some of them are turning around and reacting to something. So maybe. They're reacting to 
um, Captain Marvel and Thor walking into the room, uh, possibly. Um, we get a shot of Tony and Steve reuniting in what looks like a city where Tony says, you trust me? And Cap says, I do. And Jake, I've talked to you about this. Um, I know you have you had time to to look over what I sent you? Yes, yes, okay. I have. I'll, um, I'll let you discuss it before I'll talk about it more. Yeah, and did, you, did you notice Steve's hair in that? With yeah, like yeah, the, definitely. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of glaring once you pointed yes. it out. Yes, it, and I watched the trailer a couple more times, yeah. like before we did the episode, and uh-huh. it's like every time I watch it, it becomes even more glaring. It is. Um, I do not trust this shot at all. I think a lot of people are like, "Wow, they're showing us," you know, like these two, you know meeting again for the first time since, you know, they've had their disagreements. And I do not think that this is present day Steve Rogers talking to Tony. Um, I think this is Tony going back to the Battle of New York from the first Avengers film and meeting Captain America from that time before the events of Age of Ultron. And and then, of course, the events of Civil War, where they started to have problems with one another. some people will point out, though, like that cap suit in this scene doesn't match his suit from the Battle of New York. And you're 100 percent right. But I think the suit has been altered with CGI here in this shot. He's wearing the Avengers Infinity War costume and he hasn't worn that. That's what he's wearing in this scene. And he hasn't been wearing that in any of the other scenes in any of the other Endgame trailers that we've seen to date. So, and if you look at, like, the collar, Jake, it looks CGI enhanced. It looks like his head is resting on something that's CGI. Yeah, the neck is really the one neck. of the telltale signs. Yeah. There's just something unnatural about the color blending between his flesh and the actual clothing that he's wearing. I don't know if it's the color tones or mm-hmm. it just, it looks unnatural. Yeah. I, I almost with, you know, complete certainty. This has been CGI doctored. I, if you look, I think so. If you look at Tony's neck, it's yeah, it's 100. And I even said to my girlfriend, when I watched this, I was like, I feel like Steve's head is CGI. Like his face looks CGI on. Yeah. And it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what we're seeing here is basically, you know, them going back into the past, you know, I think it's Tony and Ant-Man here. Uh, and Tony and Ant-Man go through the quantum realm, and Tony's recruiting the Avengers here to help him with their new plan without revealing too much that it actually changes past events. So you've got to it's – it's a – I think it's a – Jake, I think like – I know Kevin Feige is a big fan of Back to the Future 2, and I think we're going to get a lot of that kind of stuff here. I think we're like, this is like, you know, Marty McFly showing back up to the, you know, what, the enchantment under the sea dance, but he's also got to like worry about, you know, running into like himself that's already there in that time, you know, and yeah, try not there's to. There's a lot of fun to be had with that. I, yeah. I completely agree. And so, like, I don't think that he wants to he wants he doesn't want the things that he's doing now to affect things other things within the MCU because basically think about this like there are there are things that you know I know we've talked about them going back into the past and like grabbing different stones and uh pulling them out of different 
parts of the MCU's past. Well, if you go back too far and you take control of the Mind Stone, that means you never create Vision. That means you never get Scarlet Witch. That means you never get Quicksilver. That, I mean, uh, I mean, you could basically retcon Age of Ultron by you know going back and 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 grabbing these stones too soon. If you go back and steal the Power Stone, um. Before, if you go to that planet and steal the power stone before Quill gets it, you've basically uh, now you now you don't. The Guardians of the Galaxy have never even formed. I mean, there's a lot that they could do, Jake, within the quantum realm to retcon a bunch of events. So they have to be very careful, in my opinion. Here, yeah, I'm you know I'm a big fan of time travel stories, and you know one of the things I'm most excited about in game is kind of to finally have the the rules of the time travel we're going to see kind of finally laid out, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to have to kind of give us a baseline. You know, you mentioned that Feige's a big fan of Back to the Future too, So I do think that's, you know, highly suspect that a lot of those rules could be the baseline. But yeah, what are the rules? Like, why doesn't Thanos just do the kind of things you're saying to, to win the day? There's obviously got to be some boundaries to the time travel rules with what they can and can't affect and or do so here's the thing here's the question here all right so i i I brought up the fact that i think that this is uh you know tony going back into the battle of new york he clearly looks older than the tony that we see in avengers right i mean he clearly looks older 100 percent. yeah so why would past steve rogers from the first Avengers film not be suspicious or even like freak out by seeing an older version of Tony here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I got an answer. I believe think something's up. It's going to alert his senses. Really? Hold on. Can I, can I explain a, a workaround here? Go for it. Science. Here we go. Uh, I think that the, we've all seen the lighted wrist devices, in the trailers, correct? I mean, like the in the leaked yes. photos, like they've got yeah. like these devices on their wrists that like light up, like kind of like a and there's like a circular light on them. I think that maybe these devices is some sort of portable barf technology that Tony has developed. Barf, which is which stands for uh, binarily augmented retroframing, and. Uh, it's a mm. prototype created for therapeutic pursuits by Tony Stark. And it, it first appeared in Captain America Civil War at the beginning of the movie where it made Tony relive the memory of seeing his parents for the last time before they died. And he looked younger. And I think this tech in Endgame, this portable version of the barf technology will make Tony look like he did from the first Avengers film to everyone around him. Um, yeah, that, that, that's an interesting theory. I like the science behind that and the idea that it'll just project, you know, the image that the characters should see to the characters. But it is, it is odd that they wouldn't just, I mean, Marvel, you know, knows how to do the de-aging stuff. So it is odd that on a, like, artistic choice, they would choose to show the audience the aged characters the entire time. We saw that. Rather the, than... Yeah. We saw well. That's the thing. We saw the we saw the leaked photos, and we did see this trailer. I think that when we get the final product, we could see the DH stuff, Jake. I mean, we're not even looking at the correct suit for Cap. 
in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point too. If we I, saw, I, if, I, if they show you, I, if if they show you younger, younger Tony here, I mean, we're all we're all like, okay, whoa, okay, why is he like? Why is Tony wearing the Black Sabbath T-shirt here? Why is his hair not as light? I mean, that looks like Tony from the Battle of New York. Like that gives it away right there. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And I mean, even dramatically, there could be a reason for that, them to show the audience what Cap sees and then what's real for some sort of dramatic purpose and a scene change, you know? Yeah. Um, it, the one thing that this it doesn't answer um, is why Tony in the leaked footage is wearing a shield outfit. Because if you look at the leaked photos that I, that I sent you, um, Jake, I know I sent them to you, and I, I'm Rebecca and Steve. You guys, wow, something just <laughs> fell <laughs> over. Sorry, oh, boy. Sorry, I I had my door closed and I was muted before, and she came in. My girlfriend came in here. She apparently let the cats in, and one of them is very skittish. So if any like little noise happens, he like scatters. And that just scared the shit out of me. Wow. God. Yeah, I thought the battle in New York was going on over there. Um, Damn near. Hang on. I got to mute myself and get him out of here. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Mute. Um, let's see here. Steve. Uh, we, no. Uh, Cap. Uh, Jesus Christ. Now I'm all fucked up. Um, Tony. We've seen him in the leaked uh, leaked photos. He's wearing a shield outfit. And um, I think like. I mean, that, I guess that, like, if he's going back into, okay, if he's going back into the past, the Battle of New York, at least S.H.I.E.L.D. was still around at that time. So that makes sense, I guess. Well, also, too, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. played heavily in uh, Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier. But they're, they're back at the Battle of New York at this point in time. Oh, I'm. You know what? I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about something else. Sorry. No, I'm talking about. And in, in, if we're believe, if we're to believe that that the Avengers, that Tony is going back to the Battle of New York, um, in an effort to get the Tesseract, to get possession of the Tesseract, then unless he's showing up. Wearing a shield uniform here, talking to Steve Rogers and just being like, uh, giving him some explanation that we don't see in this clip. And then basically like, look, I obviously work for shield. And we know that in, in this point in time, you know, Steve is still pretty trusting of shield and the government in general. So maybe he's trying to play on that to get, you know, Steve to just let him through or cooperate with him in some way. Maybe he's not. Maybe like he's maybe I don't know. Um, part of me was thinking like, OK, so I know we've seen. There were leaked photos that came out of Thor looking like he did in Avengers with the with the long hair, uh, as well as Tony uh, wearing like the Black Sabbath shirt, which makes me and, and he was, you know, and, and his hair was the, you know, was was darker and everything like, you know, the same Black Sabbath shirt that he like right before he got tossed out the window by Loki and had yeah. uh, kind of like, yeah, summon the the the, the armor. 
so I think like there will be a, we will see some of these scenes played out again. We might even see that scene again here from like a different angle. If he's using the barf technology and he's wearing a shield outfit, could he be showing up and could he look like a shield? Just like a just like a regular shield agent. Oh, look look like oh. someone else completely different. Yes, because like, he's not even oh. trying to be Iron Man. He's talking to Cap and Cap doesn't even know he's talking oh, to him. Right. That's kinda cool. I, I kinda like that theory that he can like use that yeah. technology to like project a completely different person. Well, and here's and, the here's the reason uh-huh. that I'm thinking that, okay, is because I've also seen leaked photos of it's the the scene after Loki's been captured and he's wearing that kind of like that Hannibal Lecter mask around his mouth and and he's cuffed and he's being escorted by by Thor and there was a shield agent. Could this be like could this be Tony trying to dress as a shield agent in order to kind of like intercept Loki at this point in time for like some answers or for something like trying to get something, some kind of answers because Loki had a business deal arranged with Thanos. Thanos gave Loki the scepter, which contained the mind stone. They had a deal worked out and basically you had uh, Loki who was going to be uh, the ruler of Earth. I mean, he talked about people kneeling to him and we're like cattle and sheep or whatever. And and he was going to rule Earth here. He's going to be, you know, uh, the rightful ruler of Earth. Do you think like Tony's trying to get some information from Loki about Thanos here or trying to intercept uh, excuse, yeah about Thanos trying to intercept Loki dressed as the shield agent I'm just trying to put pieces together no I think that's a, that's a smart way of thinking because I think one way or another we're going to see some more Loki and that doing it that way gets right. Loki back on the screen for mm-hmm. a bit too in and, a very smart like way you know I think so a, I, I think you're onto something I think of a scene of them like like loading Loki into a truck and, you know, Thor being there. And then all of a sudden, like, Tony just takes off. It, he's the driver and takes off with Loki. And, and, yeah. and Thor turns around and, like, the I, truck is gone. And we got a laugh moment, you know? I like the idea of um, the Avengers back in time kind of undoing their own heroic things that they did, too. So that that's kind of interesting. That's yeah. fun. Well, I think that I, I do think that... It's Tony and Ant-Man that are going back together here. And I think that we're going to get, like, Ant-Man doing things and changing things unbeknownst to the other Avengers because he's so small and they can't see him. So, like, things are going to be going their way and they're going to be wondering why. Mm, I like that. I like that a whole lot, actually. Like, um... Yeah, this is yeah, I, I I really like this picture that you're painting here. So um tell you what guys, I think we're gonna take a quick break and come back. I got more to talk about this, but I see my computer is messing up right now. So we'll take no. a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, hey, we're back. So yeah, I know I, I threw uh, a lot out at you guys. Uh anything that you kinda like wanna I don't know. Did you have questions about or like how would that work or maybe this won't work? Like we talked about, uh, you know, I felt like watching that scene like that is definitely not, you know, Tony and Cap making up. I think like that's Tony from the future talking with past Cap. So Mm -hmm. I I just would say um, 
I definitely see. I'm I'm looking at a paused image, and I definitely can see what you're talking about about the like, CGI looking stuff happening like around where the neck meets the suit. So I don't put it past them to do um, trailer trickery. The hair definitely is not the hair we've seen in the Endgame trailers, and. Uh, I would just say that that is a sideburn from previous Steve Rogers. So I, I think the sideburn adds just to the whole idea that this is an older version of older. This is a previous version of Steve Rogers. Avengers, um, Avengers one. This is Marvel's Avengers the one. Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Like this is, and it, does he have a little bit of like a blonde highlight in his bangs? He does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's, there is, that's, there is blonde highlight in the bangs. Yeah. And that is from, uh, definitely Avengers. One. I, I just absolutely before we recorded, I was watching that film. I, you know, so, you know, and I want to watch, you know, these movies before Endgame comes out anyway. So, but I was watching the Avengers. And so I and, and Jake, when those leaked photos came out, he's wearing his Avengers costume, the the costume that the, the Captain America costume that he wore in Avengers. Yeah, I remember on those on-set photos where yeah. we see Robert Downey and uh, Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah, and because we, we started, that was when we began our speculation of kind of them doing this greatest hits, go back to the Battle of New York stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was when those photos were released. So yeah, they, they're not fooling anyone but the super casuals here. Yeah, I th- I think I think that Tony and Ant Man are going back to this time period to grab the Space Stone before Thanos can get it. So. Um, I don't think that they're going to go after the Mind Stone because if they do that, they could prevent Vision and Scarlet Witch and and all that stuff from even happening. And it, and I mean that that causes kind of like a, a ripple effect of of things that could change. And I think like you know with with Kevin Feige being a fan of Back to the Future, he believes in like alternate timelines and stuff like that. So like you had like the alternate timeline where Biff. You know, was uh, you know he he had the sports almanac and he and he you know made all the placed all the bets and it was Rich Biff. You know, he's an all powerful Biff, and I think like that's kind of like what they want to they they kind of want to avoid that. They don't want to like even after they do this kind of stuff, they still have to go back and deal with 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 the present. And um, do you think that or do you think that the final battle with Thanos will take place with this past Thanos? Um, I don't know. I feel like we're going to be um, all back caught up to present day for the final battle. I would imagine. I could so. be wrong. I would imagine so. I, I, I mean, you know, I don't know, but we'll see. Can I, can I tell you a weird theory that I have that's kind of really heartbreaking? The more I think about it, what's that? Is now that we're seeing this footage, and you know, we can pretty much speculate for sure that present day Tony is going to meet up with Avengers One Cap. Right? We're all on that page. I, I am. Yeah. Uh, it mm-hmm. almost like, yeah. to me to me the way fiction works is if these two are having this meeting and this conversation man that might be the only closure tony's gonna get maybe they're not gonna give us tony and modern day steve ever actually getting to see each other again before steve kicks it oh we've and I think, I, to- oh i i hope not oh i I, I, ooh, I don't like that at all i think yeah same here well i mean like it or not i mean that 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 that's what this could do i mean like that's where they could go because like i i i do think that there's a big chance i, I think we've talked about this before that the, the final battle in this is like they fight together but there's no kind of like i i think like in this final battle like against thanos like 
we might not get that moment of them reconciling. It just might be like one of them sacrifices yeah. themselves and the other one has respect for that character of doing, you know, of, of the sacrifice, but they never got to. I mean, fuck, guys, you got to understand, they've been dealing with not so much uh, lately, but they've all kind of never got to thank Coulson for the sacrifice that he made, what they thought he made. In Avengers, and he did make a sacrifice in, in that moment. I know he's come back, but like they all think that Phil Coulson's dead, and you know, like if they would have came together sooner, they might have been able to prevent what they thought was his death, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've, I, you know, Whedon did it in Avengers. They, we we could see the Russos do that again here. We're like that's not resolved and we've got these i mean that's that's real life though it's like yeah it's it's think about this like think about how many like you know sons never got to tell their father how they really felt or or you know like daughters and and mothers or sons and mothers and stuff like that or just friends you know friends that maybe lost uh contact over the years or had like some bad blood there for a long time and and never got to say like you know i was wrong or swallow their pride and stuff like that that's just real life and i mean we might not get like this cute little you know reconciliation where everything's like all made up in a little bow for us we might be crying by the end of this thing because they never got the they never got to have that conversation yeah i'm almost convinced that that is what's going to happen that um tony is going to have to get whatever you know emotional duress he has from this conversation that he has with avengers one cap you know i think poignant stuff is going to be said between these two and it's going to really going to be the only source of trying to get tony's head straight when the bad shit happens yeah and it gives me the chills thinking about it like mm-hmm. to me that's just like how the fiction lines up it it's you know yeah like it's kind of like giving us kind of giving us what we want without actually giving us what we want right you know it's mm-hmm. yeah it's, you still get yeah. you still get cap Tony yeah. and cap to see each other again but you don't get it in the way you quite want and the character doesn't either and he never got us you know say those words or shake hands with the man again and you know all those regrets and i i find it very fascinating yeah to me there's no way tony dies in this movie by the way I've I've been saying that for a long time. I mean, I've kind of waffled a little bit, but like as far as like uh, you know, like if one of them's going to make it out of this one, I've always kind of thought Tony's going to be the guy. I, you know, he's kind of uh, man. It's 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 hard to replace him. He might just go forward in retirement, and I don't know, or or maybe just come into the 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 the, uh, the big. Uh, because after this is all done, I mean, Tony might have like some post-traumatic stress disorder himself again. I mean, after this is all said and done with, and we, you know, like if him and Pepper have their daughter Morgan, like he might just like, hey, I'm a father now. I'm I'm out. Like you've got Captain Marvel now. You've got, you know, you've got all these heroes. Like I'm out. So we yeah, might. I see can't him. watch any more friends die. Right, I, I right. have to step away and raise my family and live my life. Exactly, but he's always going to be there, and like it might be like that fist pumping moment, like when all of a sudden, like in one of these movies or something, like we hear like, oh, there's a leak scene of like you know Tony, or like I can't imagine like like in in, in these Spider-Man movies, maybe like Tony not showing up or something, you know, just in a, in, a, in a in a suit and having a having a talk with Peter. You know what I mean? So. That they might reserve him for that kind of role, and 
who knows going forward i i don't think that they're gonna completely retire like iron man armors and stuff we, we might get our iron heart going forward i think i think war machine's probably gonna die in this one i think um they might clean house with some of these characters i black widow could die that might be why we're getting the black widow movie um you know and uh what do you guys yeah, want? i think yeah Go ahead. I think one of the biggest mistakes of um, Iron Man 3 was when it kind of prematurely gave us the plot of Tony Stark not wanting to be Iron Man anymore. They had to because con- that was, that was when his con- that's when his contract was up. They they didn't know if he was coming back, so they had to have some sort of like a uh, um, kind of like a, a backdoor kind of like way to, to get out of this whole thing to, to explain like if they don't get this guy re-signed for a few more movies – yeah. Like we here's your here's your ending because like that movie came at a really weird time for them. That was that was when his contract was up. They hadn't resigned him yet. So Avengers one was way bigger than anyone expected. Yeah, there was some of the negotiations had really began. Oh yeah, I, I get the the why of it all. But yeah, like in retrospect, sure they kind of shot that wad way early when I really do think that's going to be an important story beat moving forward as you're describing. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. So. Um, let's see. see for, for me, for the longest time, I was of the opinion that that Tony was going to die based on the the theme with him always having to um, always encountering, you know, that 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 loss of innocent life, uh, even though he, you know, he he did a good deed by saving the world. But there were still people that were suffering because of what he did and him always having to deal with the guilt from that. But like the more and more I think about it, the more and more it makes sense that he would there and continue to deal with the guilt of losing Steve. Like that just, that, that just seems to make more sense. It's more dramatic if you ask me. Yeah. He's a character that's constantly forced to like, look at the repercussions of his own choices. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've always, okay. There's a line that Thanos gave in, uh, and this goes against everything that we've just been talking about. There's a line that Thanos gave in infinity war that always kind of like, makes me think like are the russos keeping this in their hip pocket for it to play out later on in this series and what i'm talking about is when when thanos says to tony like i think it's like right after he stabs him right there on titan and he's like i hope they remember you and he's calm he's really calm when he says this you know Mm -hmm. He's like, I hope they remember you. And I, I know this movie deals with like, I know we're going to get into some time travel here. And like, they can like, they can erase some things and things can change. Like, <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy if I like, did. there's a, like, you kind of see where I'm going with this, right? I mean, and uh, would it be yeah, kind of. I, 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 the scene flashed in my eye the moment you started describing it. Like, it's, if, what if Tony sacrifices himself yeah. to kill Thanos yeah. and then basically, how, you know, now you're going to remember me. What? Or, you, know, you lost me there. Maybe there's it's a bookend. Like you're saying that if they have that moment in Infinity War, maybe they book in that moment with Tony, you know, doing something to make sure he'll be remembered because he sacrifices himself to defeat Thanos. And like you said, we're going against well, everything we just said. Well, that and then I was thinking, like, if he if he if he sacrifices himself and they reset things in a way to where, like, his sacrifice isn't remembered. Oh, so it even – like Thanos was right. Right. I mean like yeah, the only darker. people that are going to remember are like the keepers of the stones, right? So like the Avengers that are either either in that battle or like the Avengers that are now like the keepers of the stones, like they all remember. But like everybody else just, you know, 
nobody else remembers Tony's sacrifice at this point. So like going forward, you know, um, it, it just kind of like that line is more impactful. Like when you watch Endgame. And Infinity War, like then after you've seen an Endgame and you go back and watch Infinity War, when Thanos says, I hope they remember you, that makes sense. You're like, oh, my God. Wow. That line is brilliant now. Yeah, I think you're onto something. I think there's definitely I mean, they wrote these movies back to back. They're written by the same writers. They didn't waste this opportunity. There's definitely things that are going to be symmetrical between the two movies. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think you're too far fetched with this idea. Yeah. All right. That's just the thought I've been having. I've actually had that thought for a couple of weeks now and I just haven't brought it up on the on the podcast. And I was like, you know what? You got to talk about that. So anyway, uh, the next shot that we see in this trailer is uh, we see a shot of the Benatar flying into space. Uh, we've got Captain Marvel, Black Widow, Captain America, Thor and Rocket are all on board. Um, this looks like the team at the beginning of the movie going after Thanos after Nebula tells them where Thanos is. And I want to talk about this scene after um, we finish this entire trailer description. Um, so I do want to talk about that later. But uh, we get a shot of Tony holding up a picture of him and Peter. Um, we hear a Thanos voiceover and he says, you could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. Um, while that is going on, we see a shot of Thanos' ship, the Sanctuary 2. We uh, see a shot of Nebula and War Machine. A close-up of Thor, who looks worried. A shot of Rocket, who looks concerned as well. It looks like both Thor, when you look at those shots, it looks like Thor and Rocket are in the same place together. It looks like the same surroundings. And a screenshot, a screen rant, excuse me, actually talked about these shots. And here's what they said. The Avengers Endgame trailer includes two shots of Thor and Rocket in a mysterious in mysterious locations. Um, these may be both part of the Durham Cathedral shoot from 2017, which involved a number of Asgardian characters, such as Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie. Notice that Thor is in the team uniform, suggesting this is after the confrontation with Thanos and later in the film. Interestingly. While they were filming at Durham Cathedral, the Russos shared a set photo featuring Mjolnir. Thor's enchanted hammer was destroyed in Thor Ragnarok. That set photo is thus one more piece of evidence supporting the idea that Avengers Endgame involves time travel, with Thor traveling back to before the destruction of Asgard. I've heard a lot about this Durham Cathedral shoot, and um, I've even heard that... There's maybe another weapon that's made in this movie for Captain Marvel. That's just a rumor, and like, there's nothing to really back it up. I've seen a uh, uh, Marvel Studios. I think it was was it was it it was an MCU fan page or an MCU page from India showed a battle axe, like an Asgardian battle axe. So a lot of people think like, oh, did. Did Captain Marvel like Thor's weapon so much that she also wanted her own Asgardian enchanted magical weapon? And so Itri makes her a battle axe. Like, I can't say that that sounds stupid because it does sound like something fun <laughs> to see in the movie. Um, you know, just like Captain Marvel also. Like, like when Stormbreaker whizzes past her, you know she's got to think like, oh, my God, that's pretty badass. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So just throwing that out there. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a hundred percent ridiculous if something like that were to happen. That I, would be a fun beat. Yeah, I, Captain Marvel say, "I want a weapon." Yeah, as far as like that happening in the movie, I think it's like less than twenty five percent happening. It's just like yes, um, it's just one of those things where I, I have seen the picture of that weapon. Um, for all I know, it could be Valkyrie's new weapon. So. Um, but it is. It was a picture of an actual prop that's going to be used in the movie. Um, we get a shot of uh, Cap with uh, the shield and his helmet on, and he's knocked down, and he's getting up, and there's destruction around him and a little bit of fire. And then we see Thanos uh, with, uh, with these lights shining down on him like he's being teleported. Um, down there and um, it's not the space stone it was one of those things where like you know um, you know at first I thought maybe it it was the space stone but when you look at the space stone effect it's always kind of like a kind of like a blue kind of like a pinhole in the universe that kind of like opens up this is like something and a lot of people say like it it, it's the bifrost and I, I I don't think that Thanos could control the bifrost or find a way to control the bifrost maybe it's it's yeah, I guess it could be Thor summoning in them, summoning him there from the Bifrost, but I just think it's the. I mean, we saw the shot of the Sanctuary Two, which is his ship. I just think like it's the Sanctuary Two being beaming him down to wherever the Avengers mm-hmm. are. Agreed. It's something yeah, as simple. Yeah. As that. I, I remember thinking, like, it looks like he's beaming in from somewhere. Like he's being beamed down. So yeah, I think he's just teleporting from his ship. Yeah. So, um, I, it's weird. I don't think he beams down like in immediate confrontation with anybody. Cause the next shot where we see the three, the main three walking, if you look, you can see him sitting down with his helmet off, his sword stuck in the ground behind him. And he's like sitting down almost as if he's sitting there waiting. Yeah. I, but like, you know, <clears throat> Do we know if, like, these scenes are, like, back-to-back? You know what I mean? Like, these could be taken from different points within the movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah e- easily. Yeah, they 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 could be easily doing that. Because, I mean, they, they love to kind of mix up the order of stuff just to really make you question, like, what is really happening? When do these things happen in the movie? What happens first? What happens second? But I, I think, like, if he's beaming down uh, or whatever, transporting whatever from his ship, I just say beaming down. But, yeah, like, that that could certainly be pre-any real fighting starting to happen. Maybe we get a shot of him beaming down prematurely here and then we wait for it wait for it now we sit now the avengers are walking up and he's been sitting for a while but we get the we get the initial shot of him like teleporting down and then we get this awkward like we gotta wait a while next time we catch up with him and he, <laughs> he's sitting down now i don't know it's it's one of those things but what's interesting about both of those shots steve is that he's he's in full armor right yeah that that I did notice. It's like, damn, like I know, like the blade that he's got, like when he's sitting down, he's got the helmet resting on the blade, but he still yep. has like the full armor there at his disposal. Right. Yeah, he's still wearing the armor. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I feel like when Thanos is wearing like Thanos is wearing the armor, like a lot of people are like, why is he wearing the armor? Is he weakened? And like, that's definitely the case here. Back in December of last year, the Russos held a screening of Infinity War, and uh, Joe Russo was talking about the physical toll that this has taken on Thanos. 
we had read this back then. Um, this came out back then. But I want to read it again. Uh, Joe says, it's evident. His daughter is an emotional price, but the physical price is you'll see it if you pause your DVD right before he uses it to go back into the portal away from Thor while he's got the axe in his chest. His arm is burnt to a crisp. So the physical price is the extreme power that it took to enact his plan. He paid for physically and when he sits down on the steps at the end of the movie you can see that it actually carries up into his neck and onto his face and on the same note when asked about the infinity gauntlet in particular russo added thanos's arm is fucked up and anything attached to his arm is fucked up so like okay here we go thanos is not as strong as he was so if like the avengers show up at the beginning of the movie to go kick his ass they could be able to kill him pretty easily Right or defeat him pretty easily. Also, when they get the gauntlet back, if they defeat him and they get the gauntlet back and try to use the gauntlet, if the stones are damaged, this also kind of proves that point that we've talked about of them having to go back into the past and either get the stones again or recharge the current stones that they have. And it also makes us believe that they would have to build a new gauntlet. I've heard the rumors about what people are calling a Stark gauntlet. I've even heard um, rumors about, you know, like there's a scene where uh, Hawkeye's got a bag concealing the Stark gauntlet and he's he's protecting the Stark gauntlet and pulling off some stunts and running around and trying to evade enemies that are trying to trying to get the Stark gauntlet. So Stark's building his own gauntlet is like another rumor that I've heard. Yeah, you know, at first I kind of repelled against this theory. Um, but yeah, when we talked about it the last episode and just, you know, kind of discussing over how it is obvious that the glove is severely damaged and that you do need some kind of harness for these gyms, it does feel like there has to be some kind of story solution here. Yeah. What about, okay. And like last week, I know this might sound silly to you guys, but I'm just throwing it out there and it might be too much, but like in a three hour movie, who knows what they have time for and what they don't. I talked about like, how are they going to make this gauntlet? You know, like. You know, I talked about like the leftover pieces of Mjolnir melting those down and making like this new gauntlet. Like, what if they like the whole reason they do that is they're like, okay, what if we make this new gauntlet and Thanos just gets it back? And and Thor's like, well, like I've got some Uru metal that was enchanted by Odin that only the person that's worthy can like pick this up. And so, like, what if they have a gauntlet that you can only wield if you're worthy? I like that idea. It ties one mythology kind of to the other. That would be very cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and, that is super cool. Yeah, because so, then that would really limit who could actually wield it. Well, it, here's it the thing. Final Thor battle. Or... Well, final battle, we've got we've got Thor obviously showing up with it, right? And and Thor's gonna use it against Thanos. Well, Thanos somehow like knocks him out, not, uh, puts him out of commission, and there's the gauntlet. And that's when we get our moment of Steve running up there. 100% agree. Right. 100%. Because you can't tell me that Steve Rogers cannot pick up Mjolnir. We saw him move it in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Either you can pick it up or you can't. You can't wiggle it. Like that. It's either yes or no there. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I do think in this movie that there's a – big chance that we're going to either see Steve actually pick up Mjolnir if they go back into the past and they, they get that weapon again. We're going to see Steve pick up Mjolnir and use it. 
and or we could actually see, you know, like this. I guess this uh, Mjolnir gauntlet made. Jake, it's weird. Like we, uh, Rebecca, we read the new War of the Realms comic book, and like to see how many, mm-hmm. to see how many hammers Thor's using was just insane, right? Oh yeah, oh, is that pretty yeah. cool? <laughs> he's wielding oh, like yeah, it's super cool, Jake. Yeah, he's like he's wielding. Like I, I, dozens of hammers, and like they're all going off in different directions, and like killing different, um, you know, uh, dark elves and stuff like Malachis dark elves, and it's just like, well, you know, they pull a lot of this stuff from the, you know, comics. Like there could, like he could get Mjolnir back, and he could have other magical weapons at his disposal. Like by the time we get to like thor 4 like he could be swinging he could be swinging a few weapons around like we could have a scene of him like with multiple uh hammers you know going around and and killing enemies so i'm all in but i don't know uh, that uh i i don't know if we're gonna get the start gauntlet or any of that stuff but it's fun to think about but uh back to the trailer again we see tony in his armor without the helmet on walking around all this destruction and there's like there's okay if you look behind him because i'm trying to like okay is he on xandar is he on earth you look behind him and there's like these metal beams and rubble around him and i don't know anything about like xandar xandarian construction but it just it looked (laughs) earth-based to me the beams and things like that when you get a when you take a screenshot and you get close-ups and you look at these beams and you just look at the rock, it just it looks like maybe Avengers headquarters has fallen or part of New York here has fallen. Yeah, yeah it, it didn't look that fantastical at all. It looks like a catwalk, like all bent out of shape with like a winch on it of some kind. Yeah. I mean I nothing I, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary that looked like maybe looked like Xandarian Xandarian technology, you know broken up into bits and rubble and shit. So anyway, then we get the shot of uh, Cap, Iron Man, and Thor walking towards Thanos, who is, uh, you know, sitting down with his blade behind him and the helmet resting on the sword of the blade. And uh, that's where the trailer ends. So I talked about how, like, I wanted to get back to that, that scene of them flying into space on the Benatar. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I This is one of those where I'm not sure if they are being 100% honest with us. I don't know. Is the team really flying to space here to battle Thanos, or does Thanos show up at the beginning of the movie with the Outriders and attack Avengers headquarters, like the Lego set kind of like reveals? Like, here's the theory um, that that shot of them flying into space is just like, like trickery that we've seen misdirection, like, you know, Hulk running in Wakanda, you know, like we never get that shot in the movie. I do think that we, part of me wants to say that we do because of the CinemaCon footage that came out like that kind of like this matches up with that, but this, like it doesn't, it does, but it doesn't match up with the Lego set. Cause in the Lego set, Thanos sends outriders from the sanctuary to, you know, um, surrounding Avengers headquarters like they get inside like this is okay this is me guessing about this okay they get inside and like this battle ensues okay like that's kind of like what the Lego set implies correct Jake yes I'm following okay so like 
let's let's kind of like speculate from there like what's actually happening so like avengers headquarters is being overtaken by all these outriders so maybe at that point the avengers decide to blow up the headquarters so that they can defeat the outriders it's getting overrun they know like they can't stop them and so like that's where we get that shot of like hawkeye underground you know where we see him running through the tunnel and in the 3d trailer you actually see like the outrider you know being eaten up by the flames and then like that's where we also see like you know that explosion behind ant-man when he's like you know really small and he's bouncing off the pencil you know so like that's mm-hmm. i think that that's this battle here like they might blow up avengers headquarters themselves because avengers headquarters is being overrun by outriders so then after the headquarters is blown up and it's just like these metal beams and rubble on the ground maybe that's where thanos beams down from the sanctuary too and we get our fight where he's defeated at the beginning of the movie. Like, he shows up here, and maybe he shows up because of this time travel stuff. Like, he knows that they're trying to change things. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I actually buy this a lot, Brian, because I think they, they do a great service by giving you kind of the false pretense that the Avengers have to fly off to space to, fly, to you know, fight Thanos. Yeah, and but there's the whole— Then it okay. can just kind of shock you as an audience that it's just— Boom, it's happening right now. You didn't even get your fly off to space scene, you know? Yes and no. But see, here's the problem with that is the CinemaCon footage that they showed leads me to believe that it's the team on the way on their way to go take out Thanos. Like that's all the CinemaCon footage that they kind of showed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're just kind of mixing things up a, a bit. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they're they're not going to defeat Thanos. Maybe they're going to make the new gauntlet. Can I play? Let me. Okay, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate on every end of the spectrum here because, like, here's another reason why I don't think like that that scene is legit of them flying off in the Benatar to go battle Thanos at the Garden. If okay. And Thor's with them. Why do they need to get in the Benatar and fly off with Thor if Thor, who can summon the Bifrost through Stormbreaker, can just take them all there in an instant? Right? Yes. Yeah. He sh- mm, yes. The answer is yes. That's a very good point. Because he used the – him and Groot and Rocket showed up in Wakanda. There's no difference. There is no difference here. He could take the whole team immediately to where this garden is. There is zero yeah. difference here. It's a huge plot hole if if this is if this is not manipulation and this is how it happens. Right. There's no like mention of that. Yeah. So um, you made perfect then, sense there. Another thing to consider here is like we got like the timing of this. If we look at that shot, Natasha's hair is short and it's blonde. So this is like right after the events of Infinity War. It's not like those future shots where we get her hair and it's red and we see kind of like, you know, like the the tips are still blonde in her hair. And also nobody's wearing the red and white uh, quantum suits in that scene where they're flying off in the Benatar. I don't know. I, I have a lot the of shot of the. Yeah, go the ahead. The shot of the Benatar isn't even like they don't even leave away from Earth either. It's a different planet behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which is I well, have a kind of a they, they, that could be trailer manipulation too because we get the shot on the outside could not right. even match up with what's going on in the inside they could be flying off Earth and they could just be taking that shot there of that planet. Um, you know, in the trailer, in the trailer, remember when you see that shot of the sanctuary too? Mm-hmm. Um, the planet that it's outside of kind of looks like it could be Xandar. So it's like, you know, that's got a lot of people thinking like, are we going to get that scene of like Thanos, you know, going to Xandar and, and, uh, getting the power stone in this one. So I don't know. I just, I, I have a lot I, of questions about the beginning of this movie, Jake. I think like. I've got questions all around this movie, but, like, when we finally get to watch this, like, I've got so many questions about this battle that takes place at the headquarters. You know, like, is Thanos there? Is it just the Chitari? Or the Outriders, excuse me. Like, there's so... Like, do they really... Do you, We'll go over the CinemaCon footage here. I do want to go over that, but... Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe they even just... It's the defeat of the Outriders that gives them the ability to know right where to just meet up with Thanos at the Sanctuary. I mean, who knows? No, like, Nebula tells them where Thanos oh. is. Nebula... Yeah, there you go. Basically, that, I mean, that was what the CinemaCon footage was all about, was, was Nebula kind of, like, saying, like, she... From being his daughter, Thanos has talked about this plan for years, and, like... He always talked about where he would end up if if this if this went through. Even in Infinity War, like Gamora was the one to kind of like relay the information to them that with a snap of his fingers, he'll wipe out half of the universe as girls, as little girls. Like he's been telling them this story over and over and over again. And so she knows where he's at. That makes sense. Um, This. Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I kind of forgot just about Nebula being crammed in there too. It's yeah, it's Endgame. You got to remember all the characters are involved. I don't know. I'm just like guys. I'm sorry. I'm just rattling off shit. I'm like so full of like theories and conspiracies with this fucking movie. Um, no, we I, know I, so I, little. It's a three plus hour film that we like really can't even puzzle together the second and third act of. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Um, what were you gonna say, Steve? Oh, I, had, I had sort of a, a, a weird idea on a theory on like the, the the whole time jump moving forward. If if they're if we get one, um, I wonder if they're going to use time in relation to Tony leaving, going to Titan, and then coming back. Mm. Sort of like an interstellar effect, how he went that far out and came back, and it was whatever sixty years later. Um, I think maybe that, oh, maybe ahead. sort of something along the lines of that, where he when he shows back up for pepper and for everybody on earth it's been two three years that he's been gone i don't and think for him only been a couple days i don't think two, so three weeks i don't no. i do not think so i i think like i think if pepper shows up she's showing up with the baby at that point because i think she's pregnant when he leaves and that's what she's trying to tell him so if it's right. been a few years i think the time jump is going to be ant-man once ant-man is introduced into this movie once Ant-Man's, Ant-Man comes back and it's a few years later, everything else that we see like before that is going to be, you know, like because you'll notice in that shot of them flying off in the Benatar, who's not present? Tony and Ant-Man, right? True. And I think like if you if we're going to go back and look at all the scenes of like Ant-Man in these trailers in the same room as Black Widow, she's going to have her red hair. She's not. It's not going to be blonde-haired 
you know, Black Widow. I think okay. I, I think the yeah. time jump is gonna. I think the time jump is when we get Ant Man in this story because like when Ant Man comes back in that Super Bowl trailer, and we see Ant Man walking around on the streets, you see his house off in the distance. It looks like it's been like uh, where his daughter's been living. I think it's uh, you know and his, his uh, ex wife and and her and her husband where they've been living. Like that house doesn't look like it's been kept up. Um, you see those like the missing uh, flyers on the on the lamppost there and they look weathered and worn. It looks like this has been the decimation has been it's happened for a few years. Like these are not brand new flyers. I think like once we get Ant-Man, like we've done our time jump now. That's where he's introducing this story. The beginning of this movie is like, you know, maybe like the Avengers going off to kick Thanos' ass and like there's this big battle. Like once they've avenged the Earth. And the gauntlet's still damaged. They can't. There's, they're fucked. They can't do anything. It's like, yeah, we got the okay. We beat we beat Thanos. We got the gauntlet, but the gauntlet's damaged. We can't use it. It's not working. We're stuck. Now Ant Man comes out of the quantum realm. He starts telling them about time travel through the quantum realm and these time vortexes. Now we got Bruce Banner and some of the greatest minds involved in this whole plan. We've and uh, maybe this. I'm thinking like you know, like we saw on like IMDb. Are you guys still there, or am I just talking to myself? No, we're here. Thank you. No, we're here. All right, cool. Still here. I'm. I'm thinking like okay. We've seen IMDb. We've seen like uh, you know some of the character descriptions in that one. Do you remember like I talked? I talked about like a '70s girl and like '70s guy, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe Scott goes into the past to talk to Hank Pym in the 70s. Yeah, right? I believe it. About I mean, Michael, the Michael Douglas aging effect works so well. They definitely would could easily do that again. And, and I think there's a lot to be done there with, you know, seeing a young Hank Pym, too. Another thing that I want to point out with you is when we do see Scott Lang in the first trailer and he shows up with the van. Do you remember what's in the van? The the quantum vortex tunnel thing. What else is in that van? That building, the PIM building with all oh, the fucking fuck. technology, dude. That fucking portable building. When you see there was a um, mm. uh, the the Super Bowl trailer, they released that one on Instagram in a different format, viewing format. And in that viewing format, that scene where they show Scott and he's looking at that post, and it's got the missing posters, you can see more of that shot, and he's got his hand on something, and it looks like it's the handle to that building that we saw, you know, Hank Pym, like, dragging around, you know, like it's luggage, that luggage handle. And it looked like Scott was had his hand on that luggage handle. So Scott's dragging that building behind him when he comes back, I believe. So inside that Pym building is all the technology that they would need and probably has prototypes, if not suits, that are fully made for them to wear on their journey to the quantum realm. Yeah, I buy it. And that, I mean, that was such a cool concept. It would make sense for them to use it again or bring it back. I and mean, why would that be a one off concept that you could easily move all that technology? Oh my God. I just, doesn't it just sound like I need to fucking watch this movie more than anybody? <laughs> yeah. I, know, I was, I, I was thinking, I had a, uh, at one point, I was just kind of, 
like daydreaming about how we could easily do a podcast about kind of the uh, trailer and accuracy is after yeah. like a two two to three hour podcast just about trailer <laughs> misdirection after we've seen the movie. Oh, for sure. Oh, shit, <laughs> for that'd sure. be great. Guys, I like you have no idea. Like I just like every day I'm like counting down the days and hours and minutes to see this movie. This is I cannot wait. I I, I, I got so deep into theories this week and and everything. It's I don't know. There's so much shit bouncing around in my head when it comes to Endgame. I just need to see this movie now. Anyway, comicbook.com, uh, comicbookmovie.com uh, had a CinemaCon uh, description about the, the footage that was presented there. And uh, it goes on to say, during Disney's CinemaCon presentation, some new footage from Avengers Endgame was screened, and it provided Disney and Fox's uh, more on that later. CinemaCon presentation has just finished up, and fans in attendance got to see some surprisingly spoiler-filled new footage from Marvel's Avengers Endgame. Although there really wasn't any major reveals pertaining to the main plot, we did find out what Captain Marvel has been up to in the years between her solo movie and the Infinity War follow-up. The current whereabouts of the Mad Titan... Part of the Earth's Mightiest Heroes, new plan to defeat him and more. You'll find a breakdown, blah 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 and it goes on to say Thanos' whereabouts. The footage begins with Captain Marvel vowing to take down Thanos herself, but the Avengers are adamant that she doesn't go it alone. When Black Widow notes that they don't even know where he is, Nebula chimes in and reveals that the Mad Titan told her about a garden planet he intended to retreat to once his plan was accomplished. And as we know from the final scene of Infinity War, that's exactly where he went after the snap. Rocket then pulls up a hologram to show a planet where a massive energy signature was recorded two days prior. So this is this take this I guess this is taking place two days after the snap, right? Yeah. Or that's what, that's what sounds like it. it. Mm-hmm. Or they're saying Thanos has used the Infinity Gauntlet again. I don't know. He needs to wipe out more people, get it down to a quarter. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, maybe, like, just this, maybe it picked up, like, energy from the Space Stone, him moving, him going to the garden. I don't know. But uh, they, that's a massive energy signature. I don't know. That's weird. Um, that kind of plot line's so weak, right? It's not going to be like, oh, we picked up this massive energy signature and we need to go there. No, uh, like, she's talking about the garden, and so I don't. I mean, if if this takes place, let's say, like, two days after the snap, which it sounds like it does, I mean, how much power does it take to transport Thanos from Earth to wherever this garden planet is? It's got to be at least a large enough amount of energy for it to register on something that they can, you know, use to track or whatever. So, I mean, it's not implausible. Certainly you could, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know, to kind of the, a, a Star Trek um, comparison, like tracing a warp signature, like those last for a while. So mm. if they're tracing like his energy signature, uh, the last time he used a massive amount of energy, it could have been to transport himself to this garden planet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I mean, it's rockets technology, it's technology from outer space, so it's not like they're fucking using Windows 95 or whatever out there, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> right. 
Um, it, it goes on to say in this article, Plan A, they talk about, uh, as many fans have speculated, it seems the team's first plan of action will be to use the still-working Infinity Gauntlet to reverse the effects of the stones once Thanos is defeated. Although we don't get many details in this clip, at one point Carol proposes that they use the stones to bring everyone back. Uh, based on what we've seen from the trailers, it is assumed that this first attempt will fail, and that's why they'll need to use those suits uh, to enter the Quantum Realm. Um, next bullet point here is Tony Stark and Scott Lang are not present. So, although we know Iron Man returns to Earth with Nebula and is seen reuniting with Pepper in the most recent trailer, by all accounts, neither he or Scott are present during this scene, nor do they travel into space with the others. Are Stark and Ant-Man off working on another way to reverse the decimation, or does Tony still harbor some bad feelings about what went down between he and Cap in Civil War? Whereas Captain Marvel, Ben, is the next bullet point. It uh, goes on to uh, say, um, it doesn't look like Endgame is going to devote too much time. Do you think that it's actually, do you think that it's actually, uh, no, I don't know. Fuck it. I, I'm not going down that road. Here we go. Let's talk about this. Where's Captain Marvel been? <laughs> it doesn't look like Endgame is going to devote too much time to revealing what Carol has been up to over the past two decades, but we will get an explanation of sorts. At one point, Rhodey asked Danvers where she's been all this time, and she responds by telling him, quote, there are a lot of planets not as fortunate to have you guys. Uh, it's not much of an explanation, but it may well be the only one we get in this movie. Uh, the team decides to because I think that you know it makes sense for yeah there's holding that yeah it makes sense for maybe like Captain Marvel two to like maybe visit some of those storylines if they want to kind of like do like the the Wonder Woman approach where you know Wonder Woman the first film is World War one the second one is going to be in eighty four and then you know so they could kind of do the same thing here with Captain Marvel if they wanted to. Uh, the team decides to use the Benatar to travel to Thanos' planet and attempt to take him down. Before they board, Cap rallies the troops with an uncharacteristic, let's go get this son of a bitch, is what he says. <laughs> I kind of love that. Who's going to say language to Cap in this scene? Yeah. Um, oh, somebody will. Yeah, oh, somebody yeah. will say language. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Uh, we then see the heroes begin their journey while Rocket asks his new crew if any of them have never been to space before. Cap, Natasha, and Rhodey all raise their hands, and Rocket says he doesn't want anyone puking in his ship. The scene ends with celestial light reflecting in Steve's eyes as the ship jumps to light speed. So that was the CinemaCon footage. Some of it was shown. Uh, previously at WonderCon, I guess they showed a little bit more of uh, of what they kind of showed at WonderCon here. And finally, I think this is finally, um, did you guys hear about the Thanos Build-A-Bear? No. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> the Thanos Build-A-Bear. What, 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 are, what, what are the accessories? Well, uh, I mean, it's nothing that we haven't seen as far as, like, the accessories. It comes with that sword and, uh, you know, I, I believe the helmet. But um, this is from Inverse.com. Uh, the company's Thanos Bear with sound was unveiled on Monday. As an online exclusive available for $47, visiting the Build-A-Bear's webpage also lets you listen to all five voice lines that come pre-recorded for the teddy bear, and they may contain some pretty huge spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Guys, I don't know. There's five of them. I'm going to read them here. 
Uh, I don't know. These are not recorded in Josh Brolin's voice. I did go to the website. I did listen to them. It's not Josh Brolin's voice, but like, I don't know. This could actually be in the film. These are, it's weird. Anyway, I'll read the first one. It's, uh, he says, I don't care for your petty politics. Number two is, if you cannot retrieve the orb, don't bother coming back. I will find you. That right there sounds like it's a, like if I were to guess, it's a flashback to the Power Stone, correct? Like it was in an orb when Quill found it. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. that leads me to believe that maybe this thing is just saying Thanos lines through the other movies. Eh, possibly. I mean, I, I would have to go back and, and, and watch, you know, like Guardians and see how his conversation went with Ronan and everything to see if yeah, that's something yeah. that he said. I, uh, as far as I heard, you know, um, it just doesn't make sense to me to have a bear dressed in his endgame outfit saying stuff from past films. Like, and I know it's just a fucking build a bear. Like, how like accurate do these people want it? But like on the flip side, like it also could mean that there is a flashback to to Xandar here with the Power Stone. So, and we've heard of like this movie possibly creating different multiverses. You know, Doctor Strange is hinted at it. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this movie. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to surprise people. Yeah, we haven't even said Doctor Strange's name much yet, and he's obviously going to have a big part, too. Yeah. Uh, Number three is, I had all the power in my grasp. If I had to guess there, he's talking about, like, at one time he had the gauntlet. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds good. Now it's damaged. Uh, Number four is, how are you doing this? Um, defeating him. <laughs> yeah. Or seeing someone like maybe like Dr. Strange or something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, or like maybe past Thanos from, you know, the battle of New York. Surprise. Yeah. Like, like that, on. that to me sounds like may might, could be the most uh, likely that if, uh, you know, they're, they go back in time, they confront Thanos at the, from, from the battle of New York and he's like, how are you doing this? How did you get here? Like that kind of thing. Right. You really think we're going to get Thanos confrontations in the Battle of New York? No, I feel no, like no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. No, I'm saying like we could see Thanos in that time period. He never comes through the portal, Jake. I, I 100% understand that. It was the Chitari and the big space whales coming down through the space portal. 100%. But we could see Thanos during that time and like what he's doing. We, you know, that that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I even have speculation on that too, right? It just feels like they, because then they get into the weird situation where they are they going to match the character model from Avengers one? Oh, of course not. It'd be brawling. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it kind of makes me think they're just not even going to cross that line. I don't know. I, I mean, at this point, I have no idea. Um. I mean, they don't really need, we don't really need to see Thanos and what he's doing in that moment. We just, I mean, I think it's going to be enough just to see what's going on in New York and see things from different angles and, and some of the, you know, some of the iconic imagery that we had in that battle and, and get to see it again and maybe see how Ant-Man affects this one. Cause Ant-Man's going to be there people like he's in the leaked photos. Um, This last uh, quote, 
is really interesting, and it leads me to believe it could be something that Thanos says uh, before one of our heroes dies. And he says, you do not have the power to wield the Infinity Stones, which could be true, you know? Like, we know that you have to... Wielding the Infinity Stones can kill certain people that, you know, like Quill, uh, if he wasn't like half celestial, you know, would have died, you know, just with the one power stone at the end of Guardians. Um, so, I mean, we could see one of our heroes wield the Infinity Stones in this movie and it, and it, it could save them, but it also could kill them in the process. Yeah, I could see that happening. That's a really interesting line. And I wonder who the uh, unchosen one is. So, yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, so, uh, they're in this article, they're speculating that that line is from... Uh, um, the, you do not have the power to wield the Infinity Stone. Uh, he could be speaking to Nebula, is what they're saying. Um, you could also tie into the whole greater threat rumor that's been floating around, assuming that Nebula is actually the greater threat hinted at in early Endgame leaks. So basically, uh, there's this rumor. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, Thanos is not the big bad in this movie, the overall big bad in this movie. And that, like, when Nebula uh, has, like, when the heroes are going to defeat Thanos and, like, they have, like, this new gauntlet, like, she... She gets the she gets the gauntlet and now she's the bigger bad and like actually Thanos has to like team up with the Avengers to take down Nebula now. So I mean that's it's it's it, well it's a it's a rumor that's out there. So yeah, I mean that's that's comics too. I mean mm-hmm. that's kind of how they do, you know. And the, by the end of the day, the villains teamed up with the heroes. I'm almost done with this. I I do want to go over the wildest theory that I've heard oh, and. Excited. This is from, I, I read this, where did I read this one on? Um, it's on Reddit. But the, it, the new leak comes, uh, it claims that uh, Tony encounters some of the most powerful beings in the entire Marvel universe, and his fate is sealed. Uh, the Redditor name already reveals where this leak is going, um, so I won't read the name. But uh, here's the quote from uh, this Redditor. Just came from a screening in the UK. Not sure how to feel. There were a lot of scenes lacking editing, and they might change a lot. But the movie should be around 3 hours and 15 minutes. It's nonstop quipping and clashing. Might be missing some stuff. It was too long, made little sense, and was too much action for the original poster. Um, Quote, Tony becomes Kang in an alternate version. Whoa, that's yeah. some messed up shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he, he, expands on, <laughs> he expands on what he says. Uh, he saw, quote, Tony is left adrift in space, ends up with the Eternals. They give him tech, and he becomes immortal. This version of Tony wants to remove all heroes from existence so that threats like Thanos never arise. At the end, some major characters will get a hold of the stones, and Tony, while inside Kang, I know how that sounds, channels a gauntlet he had himself to use the energy of the stones to destroy Kang. He dies after that, exhausted. So, um, I don't know. It's, It's, you know... 
It's crazy. A lot of people were saying, like, you know, Annihilus is, is going to be in this movie and stuff. I, I, I mean, I, I just think that I think that they're going to, you know, we saw, I think they're going to finish with Thanos here. I don't think we're getting a, a bigger bad in this movie. I think it, you know, it started with Thanos. It's going to end with Thanos. This, and, you know, Tony becoming Kang. I, isn't Kang Fox property anyway until, you know, as of March 20th, now Fox can use him. Like, it, this sounds like a lot to kind of throw in there. Yeah, I agree. And a little bit of a disservice to the character, too. Yeah, so. Well, Kang is a character from the past and the future anyway, right? Like a time traveler? Yeah. yeah so, but it just, but this is like doing what, again, what they did with Ultron and making like, you know, Tony. Why give Tony this, like, this new thing? Like, if, I don't understand if they're going to, if this closes the chapter on like this version, this iteration of the Avengers, like, why start this new storyline like this? Why not end what you've, the, you know, what you've started it just that just sounds silly to me yeah it does and russo brothers they've given this whole like first act like a name to or i mean feige has right like so it's this is gonna have some closure it's not gonna be i mean obviously there's gonna be some open-ended stuff at the end but it's just like not to the extreme where we've introduced like a whole brand new you know world-defining villain yeah it's bizarre in iron man who's turned into kang yeah yeah like like you know, like they already made Tony create Ultron. Like now they're gonna like make him Kang. So I don't. Isn't that what happens in um, the first Young Avengers arc? Is... Yes, yes, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Okay. I knew it sounded. I was like scratching my head trying to remember like kind of where that source material was. But yeah, like Kang yeah. comes from the future, mm-hmm. and then you find out Kang is Tony Stark. Exactly. It, it, that happens in the comics, but like, and it's, it's, I guess it's a little easier to understand than Cable's origin story, but it's still a lot to explain in this movie, even though it is going to be three hours long. So, yeah, I don't think Kang has those connotations either, where like he's so big that they're going to reveal him at the end of this giant fucking closure Avengers movie, right? I don't think the character, I, I love Kang, he's one of my favorite villains of all time. But I don't think he has the like. It's not going to do anything for anyone else. It's going to be the equivalent of the first time you, everyone saw Thanos and only a third of the yeah. people knowing who he was. Right. Yeah. It, and there's they, just going to be no impact. And they really had to build up to that, you know, with Thanos. We really, I like, we didn't even know how Brolin was going to be as Thanos until we watched Infinity War last year, right? Yeah, it was questionable whether it was going to be good at all. I mean, yeah. before we saw Infinity War, there was a lot of shitting on how bad Thanos was going to be. Right. Yeah. And, and he, he was, was the California. So good. Yeah, he was the California raisin of stupidity before we saw the movie. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. So that's all I got. Do you guys have any anything else that you wanted to talk about as far as Endgame, or we can wrap it? It's up to you. No, I'm I'm super pumped. I mean, just I mean, we could go on forever. I mean, I'm, we could record another ninety minutes just talking about Avengers theories, right? It's just yeah. so oh, yeah. open ended. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm excited. It's a huge event. I mean, I'm my mom's traveling from three hours away to come and have dinner with me and then go see the movie afterwards that Saturday night. So I can't wow. wait. That's yeah, epic. That's awesome, she, man. <laughs> she she was really like. Like she messaged me out of the blue after watching Infinity War and was like, dude, Infinity War fucked me up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, good. So then when I, you know, a couple weeks ago after I moved, I was like, yeah, we should uh, we should get together and go see it. And she agreed. So she's traveling from pretty far away. 
Yeah, so, uh, crazy. It's it's one, a once in a lifetime event, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, share it with the fucking ones you love. It's like Brian talked way earlier. We may never see anything like this again, and potentially won't. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, like in the, you know, uh, in the seventies and eighties, you had Star Wars, and I think then we, you know, like uh, like you said, like the Harry Potter book phenomenon, and then now we've got Infinity, like the this whole Avengers. Uh, Marvel Studios, 11 years now. Um, and it wasn't even the event when this first started that it is now. Like, it didn't really, like, I don't think it clicked until Avengers, you know? Like, that's when, after after Avengers, that's when this all started to click, where everybody mm-hmm. was kind of like, where it all came together. And we, we found out, because there were doubts of, think about this. There were doubts like, can they, can, can we make, uh, you know, you know, these four characters, these four big characters, can they, can we make them work in a movie? And th- we were worried about that at one time. And then we're talking about Civil War where they've got like, the Russos are working with like 20 plus characters in, in, in a battle. And we were worried about that then, you know? I mean, and here we are. Oh, so yeah. 40 plus characters uh, in, uh, in this one this new one and you know like at this point i'm not even worried about that that's not even a question oh can the russos make all these characters and the fuck shut the fuck up that's dude we are that's we are fucking four movies past to asking that stupid ass question so yeah Yeah, i think civil war kind of ended that right so another that's another example where so many people were making fun of those hangar fight shots and just how terrible they look from the just little tiny moments we got yeah. of them. And then when everyone saw the movie, like we never heard about that ever again. Exactly. Yeah. Now we're all like, we get it and we understand what the Russos can do. So I, I hope this is not, I honestly, I hope this is not the last we get of Joe and Anthony Russo. You know, I wish them the best of luck with Agbo studios, but I, man, if we could have them come back and do one more event movie, I, that would Oh, that would make my life. <laughs> yeah, this has got to be just so much work, right? I'm sure they're having the time of their lives, but you can imagine yeah. how yeah. it's they, something that you just can't do forever. They said that the they said that making Infinity War and Endgame almost nearly back to back kind of broke them, and I, I think the only way that they were able to handle it all is because it was the two of them. I think we saw what it did to Whedon in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and how it kind of was a, a mm-hmm. lot to, mm-hmm. for him to handle. So I think he still doesn't come back from it, really. But uh, I, 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 I would love to see them take a break, do some personal stuff and, uh, you know, maybe uh, give some other. I, I, I definitely see like for me, what I th- what I think's happening here, guys, is I think Cap's going to die in this movie. And I honestly think that uh, that. Um, um, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Chris Evans is going to start is going to direct a movie for Agbo Studios, which is the Russo brothers new studio. I think that he's going to, you know, take on a project saw, with them. I saw a lot mm-hmm. of interesting Chris Evans news, like just an hour before he we went to air that he's in works with CNN to do some political shows. Oh, I don't know about that. Where he wants to bring people on both sides of the party lines to have civil discussions about current political issues and host that show. Hmm. And that that's yeah, like I saw the, basically a done deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw I saw the same news wow. earlier today. Yep. 
Uh, I wonder if he's going to call it Civil War with Chris <laughs> Evans. <laughs> so. All right, guys, that's all I got. And uh, yeah, this will probably be maybe not the last Avengers talk that we have until the movie. So <laughs> never say never now and, at this point. Yeah, until they have like a, a more special look, like coming out, you know, in a couple days. So, all right, guys. I hope they call it that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and we have a Shazam episode coming out after this one so yeah thank you thank you Rebecca and Steve for joining us on uh, this episode and on the next one that we haven't recorded yet yeah cool. you're welcome yeah so <laughs> thank you for having <laughs> 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 this is crazy this is like we're doing some time travel shit you know what I mean yep yep now we go back to the the battle of Shazam yeah the battle of Shazam and the, the battle of Shazam yeah. <laughs> yeah now now I gotta pretend like I just got on the call with you again <laughs> yeah. oh I know yeah we gotta we gotta do the whole intro where it's like the first thing that you, yay yay yeah. yep. Uh, now, am I talking to Shazam Brian, or am I talking to Avengers Endgame oh, speculation? God. You're Brian? just gonna, you're just gonna, you're just gonna, you're gonna think that you're talking to Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Brian, and just say Han dies. <laughs> so. Or Sue Brian might show up, and I won't even know it. Oh God, you turn, hey, uh, There's been appearances of Suit Jake too. We've seen uh, Suit I, Jake. I like Suit Jake, I get oh, along with fuck him. Fuck Suit Jake. <laughs> fuck that guy. All right, hey, we yeah. have coffee. Yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you uh, for uh, Shazam. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting stop. I'm done. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a wall, Brad. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushed over. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Culture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, 
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers, and the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers, the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.